So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to us. This is Matthew Bailey alongside my critique and partner in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, everyone. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. So, yeah, boy, a lot of things yeah. took place last week at the time of this recording here. Uh, right. Solar Eclipse, for one thing. Yes, which I, I, took I, a I time. wasn't one of which the I took geniuses. A time oh, you, okay, you did. I, I wasn't one of those um, geniuses who just stayed up in the in the in the sky expecting to see it all good, and then my eyesight get more messed up than it is already. Nah, yeah. Well, yeah. I I um I just had a quick filter on my camera. Well, I uh, I just use the old mobile GH4. All right. And just put on somebody. I just drop ISO. Well, put up ISO. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, drop ISO. I so put up frame rate and just did a time lapse mm-hmm. for that and just put on a filter and yeah it come out alright but it's, it's a partial eclipse here in Trinidad because you know it's Trinidad exactly uh, yeah we, we it's a shame <laughs> I couldn't get um, a good full eclipse time lapse um, however I got some decent red footage from a friend uh, online so I suppose I'll use that for a future purpose Alright, cool. It could, yeah. could, could make for a transition, or well, maybe not a transition, but for some cool shot in in um in in a film. Right. Well, it's a bit a bit for purpose, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I I actually looked at some of the well, some footage, if you will, on NASA's um, website. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that, that was cool. I think they were following it with a jet. Yeah, um, some guys actually um, sent up these hot air balloons, and they had some cameras attached to them. So you yeah, get to yeah. see, you know, that, that view. You know, that, was, that was cool, actually. Yeah, yeah everybody had their own thing. And it was cool. Well, where, where I was, uh, I was watching it, and it had decent weather, no big set of cloud cover either. And um, I thought it was, it was you, you notice it get dimmer. Right. And it got a little cooler where I was, uh, down in south. So it was great. Yeah. Uh, and as with the partial eclipse, I can imagine whoever had the full eclipse in the United States through the path would have been cool. Because from what I understand, anybody who had the full eclipse, um, it get like about 10 degrees or so cooler, which is interesting. And it, it had that really cool effect where you have a 360 dusk or dawn look to the edges of the horizon. Right. Because where all the light bouncing off of back to you, which was impressive. Okay, cool. cool That's cool. pretty cool. I would, I, would, I would like to see that just where you're seeing dawn and dusk everywhere. So 360 degrees. Man. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, another thing that that um, that that took place um, actually, well, in terms of just TV or Netflix, if you will, we got our first trailer of BoJack Horseman season four. Yeah, uh, I actually pretty enjoyed this uh, this trailer here. I like that the whole gimmick of it is, you know, it's a long time you haven't seen you, BoJack. Where are you? Every every right. everybody's pretty much has moved on, living their lives. But where are you? And right. we got a little glimpse of what's going on with him at the very end of this trailer, and I, I right. really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, they they kind of following pretty much from where well the big cliffhanger from the ending, which you find of out about that, that heartbreaking Bojack. cliffhanger, right. by the way. Yeah, right and right. you're not sure what's going on, and well, it's implied it is a person who's Bojack's daughter. I think it's more or less verified. Um, so I'm pretty excited for the season where they go and go because the show kind of to me bottom out. Can't really see where going go from here. Um, it's a show that need to wrap up, I think, because it's like it's only so much you could deal with a character like Bojack. Yeah, like no, I can't there's, see a there's just too much feels, right? Too much, too much gut yeah. punches, right? Yeah, After a while, we just, just get too numb to it and we won't care. Right, now that's the problem. Is that it's, it's something that you had to, you know, have to happen and then not happen for a while. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah uh, pretty excited for that show. It's an excellent show in my opinion. Um, so, great. Right. Um, other um, things. Also, before I forget, on the, um, just the little piece of bad news here, um, I actually woke up to this, um, this bad news. 
the untimely passing of legendary horror filmmaker Toby Hooper. Yeah. Yeah, who died um, last night, well, yesterday, if you will, um, August yeah. 26th at age 74. So I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now, and I'm actually embarrassed by this, though. It, it looks, what I mean is, is that there's, there's hardly anything in terms of his life, his career. It's just all these short little like if you look at look look if you look at career right now it's just like a sentence after a sentence and a sentence and a sentence there's no yeah. paragraphs no like you know with a hollywood producer you'll get like these full paragraphs about the stuff that uh, you know he or she did and all that kind of thing i'm not seeing much here and that's a shame because yeah this guy is one of the most influential figures in horror movies um he did actually produce probably well sorry arguably one of the most influential horror films of of, of all time which was the texas chainsaw massacre which came out in 1974 yeah. um and actually before recording here i i rewatched the old film because i actually have this in my collection um it still disturbs to this very day it's still very visceral it's still very raw um i like that i mean it is an independent feature it's clearly made on a on a, a small budget but just what it managed to do with its budget, what it managed to do in just creating this sort of, um, you know, dark tone and everything like that. It still holds yeah. up. It's still very impressive. Um, right. Apart from all that, but, you know, in terms of, like, the big blockbuster stuff, he also directed um, Poltergeist um, back in 1982, which I believe, which, if I'm not mistaken, was executive produced by oh. um, Steven Spielberg. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, that was the one that many people remember, you know, that, you know, they're here, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I still enjoy it for what it is, but to me, if 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 you were to ask me, was my was my all time favorite Toby Hooper film, it would be um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And you know, the ironic thing about his um, his uh, filmography here is that yes, he did continue to make other films in his career. He also did a sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well back in 1986, um, which was actually way more graphic than the first film was because the thing is with right. the first film is that. You know, apart from the whole gimmick that it's based on a true story and all that kind of stuff, people kind of gave the impression that this was like the most incredibly graphic, most bloody film ever made at that time, now, you know? And, you know, when you look at it now, the, the, what makes it so amazing is that there's little to no blood in this film. Actually, yeah. there is little blood or gore in this film, but it still disturbs, you know? It's still a very visceral, disturbing film. But yeah, yeah. Um, apart from those two films, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist, you know, he, he did make other films throughout his career, but none really, none, unfortunately, I should say, could top those those two films, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's another horror legend uh, who's, who's passed away this year. Um, quite recently, George A. Romero died, and, you know, look at what he did in terms of just, not just in the indie scene, but also in, you know, revolutionizing the um, zombie genre, you know, with Nighty Living Dead, you know? And yeah. yeah, Toby Hooper is dead now, so God forbid if anybody else in terms of that horror film fraternity passes away. But um I don't know if you have any any words or any last words to say, you know, before we move on in terms of um in terms of you know, yeah, Toby Hooper. I, 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 yeah, I don't know him as a big director. Again, I only know Checks was changed so much Basico, but I wasn't a big fan of the director. So I don't know enough. I heard it I just saw it on Twitter. Okay, I'm okay. Like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that's yeah. like what are you doing? Like, oh okay. Right. Um and yeah, that's right. that's pretty much all I have to say about that. So Toby Hooper, may you rest in peace, man. Right. All right. Um, and also there's a couple more things before we jump into thing. Um, jump into you know movie reviews and stuff. Ah, boy, that fight, boy. 
Floyd Mayweather, Money Mayweather versus right. <laughs> the notorious Conor McGregor. Did, yeah, did, did, I, did, you, I, did you see it? Did you watch it? No, I don't, I don't watch it live. I just saw it on Twitter. I was like, okay, this one lose. McGregor lost. So like, okay. Yeah, uh, um, I, I, I watch it. What I would say is, is a much better fight, obviously, between um, that 91 that, um, that Mayweather was involved in two years ago. Pacquiao. With, um, with Pacquiao, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was less of a Well, I decided it was a much more entertaining fight. Um, it was, it was. But it was. it was just unsurprising. It's like, yeah, he, if he can't kick again, he low, low sweeps in. He's not going to do it. He won't get it take well. Yeah, well, box, but, so. yeah that's, that's, sure. that's, the, that's the ironic part of it all now because Connor. Well, this is actually his um his first ever um you know a- appearance in a boxing ring. Well, what I mean, this right. is his first, at- you know, I don't want to say attempt. This is his first take oh, on boxing, on boxing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I if find he had to beat such a stringent, a stringent set of rules, he'll obviously lose. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So like when so. he was when he was fighting, because I actually watched him fight. There were there were t- lots of moments where this guy was just hitting Mayweather over the head now, over the back of the head. I know the, the referee was like, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, He's just doing exactly. that a lot now. And of course, Mayweather being the veteran that he is, I mean, 40 years old, he's in this game for so long. He just was just waiting for this man to tire out and tire out. And then when he sixth right. round came, that's when he started hitting us. That's that when he started, you know, start slowly but surely raining blues. But then it's that 10th round, boy. Holy shit. That's when he right. just unleashed hell. To the point that the referee just had to stop the match. It was like, okay, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah, it was a TKO, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a TKO. Yeah, because Connor yeah. was just moving about. You could tell the man was just exhausted. You know, he just tried to keep himself up. It was like, you right. know, what? nah, you do your best, but your best wasn't good enough, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as as, as we as you know, the whole world knows, um, yeah, um, Floyd Mayweather actually won this um won this bout. And right. something that I didn't even know about until he actually um, revealed it when he was um, interviewed at the end um, of the match, this was his final, um, his final boxing match actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. A hell of a way to go to it. Although some people argue and say, oh, well, well, yeah, well, well, um, it's fifty. Yeah, fifty. Um, fifty wins. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's twenty-seven um, knockouts now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, although the argument, though, some people say this that oh well, your final match was against a guy who's not a boxer. <laughs> but whatever. Right. I I still find that Connor did his best. Even and I like the, uh, there was this really great moment where um where Floyd even talked to him at the very end and actually hugged him and congratulated him like you know job well done man you did your best you know. Yeah. And I agree. I I think the man did a great job. Now it's just you know wrong, right. wrong sport. <laughs> yeah, wrong sport. <laughs> Yeah, I don't well. know what the future could be for him. I don't know if he'll just stick to boxing for now, if he'll go back to MME. I don't know how the rules work with that, but yeah, Connor did a great job. But Floyd was he was he bigger man at the end of the day. Yeah, and I I barely follow this guy. I know this it had just a bunch of jokes and hype leading up to it, so I suppose that was the only thing. Just for the shake of the just for the sake of the memes. Uh I kinda was somewhat aware from it by just sheer cultural osmosis. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I don't I don't really care. <laughs> it's true. Uh, what was the reason? You just don't care for, for me, whether or? Well, yeah, I mean, just the Pacquiao fight was such a mess. Um, I know, right? And he, I actually stayed I, I, up I for was, that. <laughs> I was hated. I was hated me when I was a, as a boxer, frankly. Um, he always had this annoying, obnoxious, slight style at the slog and slow down the game. Um, yeah, that, that's true. And he always turns his back to his, to his um, opponent. Yeah, as a, and I just and as a personal person, you just kind of a douchebag in general. So I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> Uh, uh, but then I, I just, I just, don't, so I couldn't really get myself to care about it. And then, well, of course, uh, what's called him McGregor, just is a pompous douchebag. 
Yeah, but you know, it's an Irish thing, so whatever. Yeah, they yeah, made the yeah. jokes. Yeah. That is it. I, whatever. It come and gone. The Pacquiao fight was a lot more interesting and fascinating, and that was a mess. And I hated that fight. That fight I, was so bad. I, I know. And it, was real, it was real annoying, yeah. but yeah, I, I think was what, what was interesting was just the hype. Well, to me, the hype that was building around this thing, but like, yeah. oh my God, this is going to be hey, what's the it, fight of it, all fights. It? And then when you see that, when, wait, what? The, the Pacquiao fight was what, 2014, right? It was what, January? Um, no, it, was, it wasn't January. Um, it wasn't in August, neither. I, I can't it, was remember early, it was early in the year, right? Um, I, I can't remember exactly, but I, I can remember it as being two years ago. I could be wrong. Maybe it's 2014, 2015. Not too yeah, sure. I don't think it's that remember, early into the year. What I remember is that it, I think it was either that or 2015. Uh-huh. Early because I remember um, I was supposed to go see X Machina in Movie Tongue. And right. they, I think they, 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 they um, I couldn't see it because they, they prelayed for that fight, I think. It was either that fight or some other fight. But that's the only big popular fight I can remember. In the last couple of years now, so wait. So you mean you couldn't get like what the screen I was showing X Machina? Yeah. Was, so okay. they stopped. They stopped showing X Machina for the fight. Oh, <laughs> that, okay. Kind of pissed me off. Just, just, just that one show, right? Not, not, no. Nah, yeah. Not, not all our screenings. Just that one, sh- one screen because it was that night of the fight now. Wow. And disrespected in the films, boy. Jeez. Yeah. Well, no, and I had to go back. Yeah. I had to go back the next next night to go see the movie. Which yeah. Was really obnoxious. All right. Um, oh yes, and another thing we just just would mention as well. Right, so the news came out last week that um, Warner Brothers will be giving us a standalone Joker film, um, Joker movie. Sorry. Yeah, right. so I, I still don't think this is like an absolute verification kind of thing, but yeah, it might happen given you know the, the atrocious track record going on with WB and the movies right now. Oh, like you, you could see them totally scrapping the, the universe because things not working out, even though Wonder Woman is okay for them. Yeah, um, and you know Justice League. We don't know what's gonna happen with that, but from what I understand, it is pretty much Batman v Superman over again. Um, so I don't know what they're gonna do with this. And I hear they're scrapping sirens for this, which is uh, I don't know a good idea, bad idea. I can't tell. Sirens is a decent enough premise, so I want to see what they'll do with that. But if they're scrapping it, right, then Joker and Harley, because I know Harley getting more content no matter what. She's right. like. Even though Suicide Squad was a hot mess, she was like the big breakout star for the year anyway. Of course, um, everybody loves um, Amago Roby. Right, so <laughs> Robbie. I mean, you know, that, was the, that was the big costume for Halloween and all of this cultural stuff. So it, it, you could see they're they tapping into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know Harley has to come back in some shape or form. But then a Joker origin movie is like one of the dumbest fucking ideas ever. So, just the, I mean, again, the idea of a Joker origin story is, is a mess. It's a, total, it's a terrible idea in my opinion. Um, Mostly because one of the reasons why the Joker work is because you really don't know the origin story. Um, you don't need to, or or at least his origin story is so vague and and boilerplate that it's it's not an issue to worry about or care about. As if well, that's the driving factor behind the Joker and all of that shit. Like so, even even the, the Tim Burton film, to me that was like a good origin, quote unquote, because it worked in the sense of it's just chemicals. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's a chemical, he's a monster and a mutant. You don't have to make sense of that past. Um, other people try to do the whole... Um, well, Killing Joe kind of tried to do it with the whole where he, he, he's family and gangsters and his wife and dies yeah, where he went mad. to pee or something like that. Right. Yeah. And then, then um, you know, to me, what Nolan did with, with, with that um, whole thing was just, in my opinion, just kind of really inspired and quite brilliant, which is, yeah, it does give him a bunch of multiple stories and all of that unreliable. Exactly. And you, yeah. don't, you don't know what the fuck was going on, and, and all of it worked now. Yeah. Do you know Keeps how I got this Yeah. Great. Yeah, I'd love that. That's yeah. what I had to do with that character. 
the whole point of the characters is just sheer chaos and you know he's a kind of agent of evil and malevolence no you don't exactly, need to humanize with, it necessarily because to me the more you try the more you try to spend time fleshing yeah. out this backstory the yeah, less fuck it up. you will um the more you'll kind of sympathize with him and you kind of don't want to you know you want right. him to be this this bad guy who needs to be stopped not like oh well he's yeah. just so misunderstood you know yeah that that bullshit no, man, man. No. that it, it totally don't work with a character like the joker um yeah. especially the kind of things that he does like if you yeah. look at you know the the comics and the movies and all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. he's a guy that That's... you just love to hate man you know what i mean yeah exactly um yeah. i absolutely hate this idea of a joking origin movie it's a terrible idea i don't know what they're gonna do i hear um, this crap I had a scrapping sirens for the snow. Oh, really? Uh, which is uh, whatever. Yeah. And, and well, to me, the weird thing about it is that, like I said, it's a standalone thing, so it doesn't yeah. really add anything as but such that's to the movies that came before. Okay, so the media, we could get into a big argument about what's going on with the DCEU because the DCEU from since the get-go has been really bad at PR. Like, really fucking bad at PR. The movies didn't help. The movies definitely didn't help, but just overall, it was really hard to like give them the benefit of the doubt now. So their PR in a mess. It constantly had leaks um, since a long like me, I know I knew like 18 months before Batman v Superman came out. I knew General Zod was was Doomsday. I knew that so, oh. because, because of leaks. And yeah. I was like, holy I, shit, I, I guys are real. It from the from the trailer, I was like, uh, yeah, really? but that's a bad fucking leak though. Right. Um, you know, long long time we knew it. So. They always had these problems with with in, um, internal structure and a mess and just not knowing how to keep things on on wrap on the wraps, no? Um So for what I understand is that they going to be doing the DCU. They're going to be doing stuff kind of like how they do in the animated movies, mm-hmm. where some things have a continuity and then other things don't have a continuity, which is not the worst thing in my opinion because like everything don't need to be a continuity. Right. Um, but yeah, just. But you should have a continuity given big movies and the nature of film. Film is a mainstream thing. That's the only way it makes mo- it makes uh, money. Now. The animated films only really cater to a normal, a, a small, relatively small audience. So, so those fans will already understand. All right, this is not the same thing. Who yeah. cares? Open on. Um, once you're doing big continuity like what Marvel is doing, you kind of need to keep that in check now. Mm-hmm. So there's a and again another digging, digging, digging a deeper hole for yourself with this. Now. It's a bad move overall. Yeah. Keep the continuity. Sit down and make sense of the fucking continuity, please. You still have a chance. You still have a chance. Stop fucking it up. I don't know what they're doing, but whatever. Wonder Woman is fine, in my opinion. You have a good a good template to work from. Um, Justice League, I expect Justice League to be a mess, but still, even if Justice League sucks, um, it's still not the end. Sit down and make the world work. Stop fucking things up and wasting time now. Whoever. Exactly. Uh, we were seeing, and we were and, and, and then the argument is always was well, about the fans. The fans asked for a Joker movie. Um, yeah, well, did they? Who, no, they didn't. Like nobody asking for that shit. Exactly. <laughs> Especially uh, after I, after what happened with Suicide Squad. Anybody say, hmm? You know yeah. What we need right now. We need <laughs> a or Joker, Joker movie. Yes. Yeah. No, sit down and make the continuity work. Like, well, for I understand too is that they, well, it had a big, big um, rumor that well, they're gonna be doing Flashpoint and as a kind of reset kind of something going on which oh, God, is not really? the worst idea but at this point at least but i still would hate that frankly but whatever well because because x-men kind of do sorry x-men right did it, exactly so. yeah it's that same thing with oh, what they do with God. x-men it's kind of pseudo rebootish bullshit they kind of try to pull now yeah um, which kind of work for some fans and you know not really my bag frankly but how to kind of earn it though i mean right not, that's not like well how much movies it would be like not even like 
more than five right now, you know what I mean? But now all of a sudden you just suddenly want to just start everything all over again. It's like you didn't right. work to that point. It's like X Men well, that start if from you, what two thousand up. It, if you make it again, it's not the worst idea, but if you don't do it, if you make it like a kind of working reboot and then you spin it into the story again, this requires them having a head on their shoulders and knowing what the fuck they're doing, which which is going against all the evidence. Um, they, it couldn't make it work. It's like, all right, it's a time thing. They reloot it, reloop it back, and then you make sense it after. And since you know the TV show, the DC material um, already give us multiverse and know what to do with that. Yeah, you can make it work. Like we, the, the TV show did it. The TV show Flash did it. Um, they did it multiple times actually, mm-hmm. and it it worked in every every example for the most part, right? You know, given the budget and you know who they catered to and the audience and blah blah blah, right? Right, right, yeah. And so I, again, it's not the worst idea, but yeah, I don't know what you're doing. And we don't know if they know what they're doing. I don't think they know what they're doing because they're just rushing everything. They really care to make sense of the thing. They're asking the right questions with, in terms of how to treat the DC universe, but they're not giving the right answers. Is the wrong? You know, the DCEU is, is completely the wrong answer to the right questions in terms of how to treat this material. Um, and agree. Totally agree I, with I, 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 still, I still don't know where they're going with this. Look, I think Aquaman might be fun. Flash being a reset is a mess. As I say, set up Superman in this universe properly, which is still haven't done. Right, they kill him already, you know, and he's still in set him up, which makes no goddamn sense. However, um, and it, it just all these little small things pissing me off about the DCU. Like, they, they have this big argument over whether or not they're gonna CG out Superman, um, Henry Cavill's mustache. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? What? Who yeah. cares, bro? Yeah, and that's so retarded because, like, at no point that's supposed to be a, a discussion. That's a big discussion for the news media. It's like, why even that is a question? You're not supposed to be talking about that shit, whatever. Hmm. Anyway. anyway, moving along. Anyway, uh, one of my favorite shows came back. Yes. Uh, um, a show, little show called Hot and Catch Fire. I yes, um, really final like season, I believe it is. Final season, yeah. yeah. Uh, so fourth season coming up. Now that's time for me to, to get my ass in gear and actually start to watch the show. Uh, yeah, uh, as I say, it's a show for geeks. I'm not sure if you like it, but I love the characterization and then all the little nerdy shit on the side. They have some inconsistencies this season, a lot that I'm noticing in terms of like what technology should be when. Um, okay, uh, what, what year is this set? This is like in the 90s now. So 90s, the, internet, right, right. the internet now starting up. It's 1994, I think. Because oh, so soon in. Okay, I thought it would have been like a early 90s. Like no, well, all right. So yeah, it, it jumped because the idea is to get online with the old internet and taking over the internet. And then oh, um, okay, okay. they keep they mention Mortal Kombat. So Mortal Kombat is out. Um, <laughs> all right, right. On home console. So that means it's, it has to be at least 94. Because I, I think they were playing it on either Super Nintendo or Sega. Can I remember? The, the first game, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, that's 93. 93, yeah. 93 came out. On home console, I think it came out like a year later. Oh, yes. Yes, that, that it did. Yeah. Right. So, it, so they, they have, but it's relatively consistent. The only thing was, what it, it had one little problem involving a character, the graphics she had in the game, and people was like, yeah, people should be blown away by this and the audience you try to cater to, but it's a whole thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, season now starts, it's great, having fun with it already. I'm um, loving it. Alright, um, also, well, on my side, um, the season finale of Game of Thrones is going to be tonight at the time of this recording here. Yeah. I am excited for this. Um, not, I don't have like the biggest expectations, I, I just trust the, 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 um, the filmmakers and stuff. I know they're going to give us a great um, season finale. Um, right. Usually the season finales for these for, for Game of Thrones have always been um, 
always always been satisfactory even uh season five which kind of remains one of the darkest endings of the season of, of the of the series thus far but um for me i i've really been enjoying this season right here um i love how our favorite characters have been meeting each other up is like that you know it's, it's it's like the avengers right now you know when all when the whole lead up with it with everything just took place over six seasons um yeah i don't know what's gonna happen here with this final episode um i really don't know but I I can't wait to see what it is. I just hope. Yeah, that I seen. I seen. I heard a lot of people nerding out with with kind of nerding out in the, in a bad sense of well, this is inconsistent and look how fast this bird fly and how fast that dragon fly. And oh, well, people was like, okay. I thought the, the argument would have been more episodes. Why isn't there more right. episodes? But people are saying, talking about how it had this plot hole here and there and whatever it is. But it, if I understand, it just gone full Hollywood. Um, <sighs> So, Wasn't whatever. that kind of like the point anyway? But anyway, that that's a whole other story. And yeah. um, no, guys, I will not be reviewing season seven, seven of Game of Thrones because why? Because for me to actually sit down and talk about that requires that for me, I would have to have like this full knowledge of everything that happened before. And to be honest, I try to remember the majority of the things, but I don't because I just keep watching a lot of movies and TV shows. So I don't have time to, you know, try to memorize all the history and lore of right you know just from the game of thrones um series but also the books as well i don't have time for that i mean but i know the yeah, characters i know I, the motivation I, all that kind of stuff but i i can't review it and then yeah of course they have the all these that, little um these these little like you know these little easter eggs and things that can miss out and all them kind of thing and right. that would require for me to actually watch videos that analyze the the episodes that aired I, yeah before. just i, I just review what you had to review i for yeah. me i haven't because it, it started to diverge from the books so much now i was like all right i need the mood to watch this and just keep up with it it's kind of uh, like walking dead and now we you know yeah but it's, it's because it's seven episodes so you could like just binge that out easy. right and, but because the property not that interesting with me and I, I i i think i explained why it is i'm not into game of thrones as much as other people because i'm so sick of european high fantasy aesthetic <laughs> okay. um, i just I yeah i just yeah. So, i just tired of european sword and sorcery so like i bored <laughs> like anything sword and sorcery even if it's good i'm not gonna watch it i got this fed up give me sci-fi or give me some other Cultures, sword and sorcery, but European sword and sorcery, tired, fed up of that shit. Alright, yeah. I just thought you were like just impressed by you know the the production value and it's like oh no yeah it's so it's well that. made. I'm not like yeah. pulling pulling that punch. I'm not trying to say oh it 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 boring or anything like that. It's just I'm so goddamn tired of European sword and sorcery. Okay, teach his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so now we could finally jump into legit reviews, like real reviews. So yeah. um, we'll start things off with um the latest um warner brothers animation dc comics yeah, boy. feature film batman and harley quinn oh boy um, oh boy we had to talk about that after yeah. that um we'll talk about atomic blonde which finally came down to train i we finally checked it out yeah uh also a show that i thought you would have checked out but i kind of understand why you, you kind of opted to uh yeah for, and I, for, for atomic uh, blonde um the hitman's yeah. bodyguard Right, I skipped it because once I hear, one, let me tell you something. Man. If you're doing the whole parody of a genre thing and you fuck that up, I'm not gonna waste my time watching that shit. Good thing that you said the word parody because we had to talk about parody in this show. Is it a parody or is it just an attempt at one? I, I well, well, we go. Yeah, yeah, when, go when you get there, I'll talk about that. Yeah. And finally, <sighs> the second long-awaited live action adaptation of an anime for 2017 yeah netflix's death notes 
Yes, they finally doing this. Oh boy, we have yeah, this, got to we'll talk, talk about, this. about this shit. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, but first things first, Batman and Harley Quinn. Right, so I just want to I, run through what, what what the plot is about before we. Uh, all right, so basically, what happens is that Poison Ivy doing some shit. She up to no good, and Batman had to solve. <laughs> how vague, how vague. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Poison Ivy doing some shit. She up to no good. Batman and Robin, well, not Robin, Nightwing, uh, had a deal with the problem, and then they figure out they kind of piece together that oh, well, Harley Quinn had is the only person that could really help them. Uh, Nightwing tracks down Harley Quinn, and then. Batman, Nightwing, and Harley Quinn go on adventures to stop and just various shenanigans to track down Ivy and stop them. Yeah, and, and there's, I will stop there's also... Ivy and her Ivy and her sidekick, which is a which I, I hated that character, even though I love the voice actor. Yeah, um, um this guy is I actually never pr- saw him before. I never saw this character before. I a bit is a is a relatively film. obscure character. Yeah, um, the Floronic Floronic man. Poetic man, yeah, yeah and um, but uh, the voice actor's principal dude is from American Dad, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's cracking me up that just to hear him. Yeah, it's, 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 it's easy one of the funniest characters in American Dad for me. Okay, uh, and, and something but, I, I didn't even know of, um, he actually, well, the character of him, which is Jason Woodrow, actually appeared in Batman Robin. He was played by yeah. my boy John Glover. He was that 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 new yeah 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 right who, this guy yeah you know, yeah that's poison yeah. ivy killed yeah, right 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 that's that's yeah right. that's the guy um, yeah, it's yeah. a relatively obscure DC character. You don't have to care about him all that much, and this movie really doesn't make you care more anything more about him. Um, yeah. I this movie nothing worked for me. In this movie, I hated this movie. Um, it didn't work. Fell flat. Um, I, you know, it, it's starting to piss me off how much boost him fucking up right now. Uh, little, very little of it was funny. The humor and the approach to the humor is just a generally bad approach, in my opinion. Um, the, you know, it, it was a big squandered opportunity. At best, you could say this was supposed to be a Justice League action episode stretched out way too long, and everything didn't work for me. It was a total mess. Not funny. Bad pacing. Terrible story. Um, some of the voice acting was okay. Some of the action was okay. Some of the scenarios didn't make any goddamn sense. Um, but that's about it. I, I just, this, I mean, across the board, it was a mess. Very little of it worked. All right. Well, believe it or not, Jed, I had to agree with you for the most part. Yeah. I yeah. was disappointed by this film. Yeah. I really we was. Um, the thing is, like, okay, let let let's let's be honest. Like, when you think about it from this, if you look back in retrospect, right? right. Batman and Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, right? Right. You know the 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 crazy, sexy, kind of cool um, right. sidekick, former sidekick of of, of Joker. You right. know, you, you can't expect that there could be some kind of lunacy, some kind of hysterics, you know, some right. humor here. But you're right. The humor in this thing just didn't Because not work here's the thing, it felt, what it, it really felt like, as I said, it now the, the actual premise of it not is not the worst idea of you have Batman and you have Harley Quinn playing off each other as a duo. That's not the worst idea. It's actually, yeah. it, has been, it has been done in the animated series. It has been done in the various different animated series at me a few times. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst concept. It, it, they actually can play play off each other quite well. Um, the, I forget his name. Uh, Kevin Conroy. He comes back in the yes. role, so it's like great. You know, you know, you can't go wrong with Kevin Conroy's but Batman voice. Kind of hard to go wrong with that. Of course. Uh, yeah. the, the voice actress they got. Uh, I thought she was okay. She was that not was bad. Uh, that was Melissa Roche from um, right the Big Bang Theory. Okay, right. Yeah. Yes, I. Uh, and I, I so, thought she was actually great in this though. She, she yeah, she, she wasn't so bad in this. Kind of, um, I, 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 voice I, I, anyway. com- yeah, compared yeah. to compared to 
um, yeah, compared to what you call it, to the, I forget the, the voice actress for the animated series. I, yeah, Tara. I can't. It's, it's Tara Strong or Tara Strong is something is else. No, uh, what's no? No, nah, it's not what's Tara, Tara Strong. Strong. Tara Strong was Batgirl. If I'm if if I if I'm not yeah, mistaken. I think, but it's it's I forget who's the voice actress. So shit, no, it's a old. I think it's a old actress from another show. But whatever. Point is, she not she don't hold a candle to that voice actress. No, but, no there, there was something about her. It could could that 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 um that that voice that they had right. for the old film. Um, the actress's name is Arlene Sorkin. And there's something about right. her That's voice now. This Mr. Cherry, she had this yeah, because, sort of uh, 40 thinking. style kind of voice now, which right. fit the whole aesthetic and I think of, she was the, a, the old, I of the she old was, uh, animated soap series. opera playing a Harlequin or something like that. And that's where they, they kind of got her from. That's where she the inspiration was. No? Well, right. She, she, well, I'm not reading it up here. Thank, thank, you, yeah. thank you, Wikipedia. She yeah, but she's our original. Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives, thank yeah. you. Right. And then she, she because they, they practically invented her for Batman TS. Um, and it's a great character for the yeah. most part. Um, decent backstory. They make her work for the most part. Uh, but in this, it's it just a, such a squandered opportunity now. Because I, for me, it was like when I watching this, I was like, how do you fuck this up? You know, to go <laughs> oh, back to. Oh, you ask yourself that question. Yeah, go back, go back to William Hurt again now. You know, yeah. how do you fuck this up? You know, and you know, just bust a shot and boost him shit. <sighs> yeah. You know, boost him chest, right? Um, you know, and I, when I was just watching it, you know, just venting with my nerd rage, um, boost him, baby. What is you doing? You know, yeah, wasted opportunity, total, totally tonal mess. Um, one of the big oh, problems good, is the good, good thing that you mentioned tonally, but continue. yeah, yeah, and one of the big problems is the padding. Good God, it had like whole sections that you could just cut, fucking cut. Now, in my opinion, my opinion, this is where this is is basically as I mentioned before, it's fifteen minutes in and out. This is a Justice League action episode. You concentrate on the funny. Make that work, and you have fifteen minutes in and out, not eighty minutes of fucking bullshit. Well, we here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll, 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 you're, you're actually wrong to that point. There, it's actually seventy-four minutes long, but it okay, feels whatever. so much longer. Well, it's seventy-four minutes. All right, yeah. I'll off by five minutes. But one point is that, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll actually time. talk about that runtime further. Yeah, on, don't, but, waste but with, with, don't waste my time with. Don't waste my time with that sort of nonsense. Just waste him a waste him a goddamn time. Sort of bullshit. They had this whole section in a bar. Oh. Poorly, oh. Po- Poorly animated, right? Can I, can I, I, mean, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I please, can I, can I talk about that, yeah. that, that scene though? All right, so that particular scene to me, that whole sequence, I can't even call it a scene, because right? there's scenes in it. That was where the film took a complete, like, it just stopped, at, at a, yeah. it just, skirk, like that. Yeah, right? mess. Um, there are two musical numbers in this sequence that yeah. nobody should watch. Nobody should yeah, suffer through. I'm not saying nonsense. that they they objectionable or they you know they vulgar or anything like that, but it's some of the most terrible animation. Yeah, terrible yeah the animation music, just just inconsistent. I've heard ever. So you have yeah. these twins singing a song that was just goddamn awful, and yeah. then they brought on um Hardy on stage, and she's singing this kind of. You know, it's uh, rock this burlesque yeah. kind of. Well, sorry, I was right. saying burlesque. Well, they just kind of do this Joan Jet kind of thing with it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and everybody like, well, it's Harley, and yeah. everybody's supposed to cheer, but all and the energy you see is terrible. In shock and disbelief. Like, what the fuck yeah. is this I'm watching here? And, yeah, and, then, and then on top of all that, no. One of sorry, two of the fellas actually look to pick a fight with Batman, and then they oh, just cut to this dumb. this shot of of the the, the bar. And then and they decide they, to do they, this. They, they do the whole Batman sixties pop up with the right. You allow them west, yeah. Bam. That dumbness. So but stupid. It doesn't work. It's just yeah, all these tones are just clashing. No, it's it. 
it was no. bad. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 see, big, okay. what the big problem with this, and again, again, another squandered opportunity is right, that. Right, right, right. Continue. Go ahead. Yeah, the big problem with this as well. It's supposed to be Batman and Harley Quinn. Get rid of Nightwing. Right? Nightwing, because Nightwing part of the comedy bit as well. And like, Nightwing, tro- Nightwing there would, would throw the film, you know? Right? They should have gotten rid of Nightwing, so it's just Batman and Harley Quinn. The idea of the comedy duo, Batman is a straight man, Harley Quinn is the joke character. That is what you do. That is how you make it work, and you have these two characters play off each other. So they have, so you should have whole sequences with them playing off each other alone. Make that work, and keep Batman serious. Don't make Batman jokey at all. So the, the whole idea is that Batman needs this person, and he's the straight man character. Yeah. That's the idea. They couldn't even do that. Right? And then the plot is this garbage plot that doesn't make any sense. Nothing serious about it. Right. That, that, that's just what I was about to, to mention that, but continue. And then this character have mystical powers. He could, he could teleport through trees, apparently. He's like, what? What's all this bullshit, dread? And then they, they ended with this dumb bit at the end, and they just do this fate to black, and they, they, to light him on fire. I was like, wait, well, they cannot think of that before. You know? <sighs> and and this, this is supposed to be funny. Yeah? That's the thing. This yeah. is supposed to be funny. And they, they but... could have made another problem, too, is that they could have made, since, since we know uh, Ivy and Harley Quinn close to each other, and we're friends, and you know the idea of them probably being friends and not friends anymore... They could have make that work. So Harley is the kind of the, the protagonist of this now. Yeah. And they could have do that, right? So they could have it where Harley solved the big problem at the end, fight and beat her the, the, the um, ending. And it had a couple funny bits throughout. It had a couple moments where it's like, all right, that was kind of funny. There are two, two, two bits I thought worked. Um, a bit in the beginning when they had this uh, sexy bar. Yes. And that, that was funny and made some sense. So it's like a kind of Hooters bar, but for superhero women. Yeah, that, that, so was actually, it, that was actually clever. That's a funny like bit. That, yeah. And then the fact that she's the Harley Quinn in the Harley Quinn bar. Like, that was funny. Mm-hmm. She playing her, her, her parodina. Right? That worked. So she, she kind of hid in plain sight. I thought that was kind of clever and a decent enough bit. Um, yeah. And it made sense. Like, okay, that in, in the world of DC, yeah, somebody's going to make a bar like that. Because it have a, a bunch of attractive superheroes. Somebody's going to make a bar where it's like Hooters, but with the superheroes, right? And one of the funniest things, it had a sexy granny goodness, which made me crack up. However, <laughs> yeah. um, then the, the end, the end had a great bit in the post credits. That was with the Dr. Quinn. Um, oh, that, the, yeah, the, the whole Dr. Quinn thing. I, right, I, animated I, like I a kind of. Um, to be honest. Uh, yeah, the problem is that the bit went on a little too long, but it was a decent enough bit, mm-hmm. right? So a little too long and I trim it down to make it a little, and make it a little funnier, like make the jokes work a little better to punch up the humor and I'll run that. But again, this was a fucking mess, right? Jeez, boy. Um, uh. Yes, it's, it's just a goddamn waste of time. Um, I just gonna give him a rating now. Um, yeah, yeah, give it now, give it now. Yeah, I gotta give this. I don't give this like a three out of ten. Yeah, I had to give this like a three out of ten. Like a hot mess. This is a, a bullshit. Um, don't waste your time. Don't buy this. Um, don't give these people money. I'm sorry. You, you know, this was just and you know again much like with killing joke. You thought they could have done something interesting with this. Um, incredibly squandered opportunity. As I said, I, here's the thing. I, do, I don't mind funny Batman, you know, because I like Justice League action. But the reason why Justice League action works is because of how short the episodes are. 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes in and out. Right? That is what they should have done with this. This should have been a Justice League action episode. Not, not a goddamn over or long or 75 minutes, however long it was. That is too much nonsense. They, they, and they couldn't even fill up 75 minutes. You think a big a, a story like this, you would have like a two hours or maybe a 90 minutes. They couldn't even fill up that time. I'm like, jeez, boy, this is just a waste of my time. You're total nonsense. I was pissed off with this one. Alright, um, let's continue what I was saying. Um, the, the, the biggest the biggest drawback to this movie, in my opinion, was just the plot. You know, there was little to yeah. nothing that was going on. Okay, yeah. you have this, this setup here with this scientist that goes missing and something with some virus 
and it'll affect the environment and people, yeah. humanity's supposed to die and thing. Okay, that sounds interesting. Okay, what's going to happen next? All right. You have Hardy Quinn who just don't want to be a villain anymore. She want to move on with her life. And yeah. somehow she's roped into this thing because Batman just suddenly decided, you know what? I need her help. Okay, you know? And right. all these things. Um, and, you know, it was going a little interesting at the point, you know. And, you know, I, I like like you, I, I like me a little humor in terms of Batman, you know. No, I don't mind, I don't mind that. Yeah. serious and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. Cool. But I find that the tones itself, now, because on one hand, you want to be this kind of edgy, and I stress on this word a lot, edgy, um, you know, PG-13 rated kind of action fair. And then you have all these kind of dumb, kind of risky attempts at humor. Most of it just fell flat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, Harley Quinn is a attractive um, character. Don't get me wrong, she is. Yeah. But there's only so much you could do with her. There's so much quips you could have her say and to the point right. where she just gets so annoying and unbearable you just right. don't care. But no, it's a, as I said, as I said, it's a character that you have to you could build from because the character has reasonably serious origins. Yeah. So they could they could make that work now in terms of her character backstory and thing. You don't need to bring in Joker. Uh, at all, like Joker is not needed in this to make that work, but you could have had like a flashback or something relevant to Joker's life now because they have a picking up her life, which worked. Oh, by the way, we didn't mention probably one of the most atrocious scenes, but it was so goddamn stupid and made no sense. I didn't care to mention it, which is the supposed sex scene between her and Nightwing. Oh, that's oh, just so goddamn oh, dumb. God. Whatever, and the fight <laughs> yeah. was dumb too. But whatever, I, yes. yeah, but whatever. Right, point um, is, yeah, good. You have her picking up her life, so all of that could work, you know. You know, a post-crime will Harley Quinn. She still kind of know what's going on because she dies her life, that was her life. She, she, she should still have friends. I get all of that. But you had to make that build and link together, no? And exactly. as I said, and no they, they Nightwing. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. Um, on the subject of Nightwing, as you mentioned that, yeah, there was no point to this guy. He was yeah. just there to he be like, the, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Batman. Can I, I, tell you? Oh, I didn't too. mean to do that. Can I? Yeah. yeah. Um, He's telling jokes too, which was so stupid. There was one moment between, well, with the three of them in the, in, oh gosh. <sighs> Slight spoiler here, guys. Um, So it's three of them in the back car, right? Yeah. Bat- Batman is oh, trying to call Booster Goal and you're Booster Goal in the back, in, 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 you know, coming through now. I take it they're going to bring in Booster Goal in it. It's just this painfully right. bad moment with them making fun of, of Booster Goal and how, how much right. of a square he, he is now. And then yeah. it gets oh, even worse now where, that's a one sec, where, yeah. um, where Harley is like, okay, I need to use a bat. I need to get to the bathroom, you know. No, hold it. And then she right. just farts twice. It's like, really? Right. Does 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 you level up? Does you yeah. going at? Come on. Right. And it didn't work at all. It was so dumb. Yeah. And here's the sad part. That I think that same week, this came out. Okay, what came out last week or week before? They had a great week. episode. They had an excellent episode in, in Justice League action, um, with Booster Gold and Batman. So I was like, wait, why didn't just play off that energy now and yeah. use that same style of everything like I don't know it is the amount of work that went into this was a mess you know? they get it D team they get it D team for this anyway yeah, yeah. Ponya, um, um, just say a rating because it's time to piss more there's a, 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 a couple more yeah, things let's, let's um, move on. I hated Floronic man in this he just served no purpose I, but then again I didn't even know who he was at the time I didn't have any full background to him but you know there's this one scene that I was just like it's like one of the most bizarre things I've seen in a DC animated film thus far where he pulls out this like I don't know if it's a magic or genetically altered yam 
until right. until yeah, until Poison Ivy to eat it, and you'll see the you'll see the force, yeah. the aura of the trees, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you could get to 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 go inside them and all that kind of dumb stuff. Dumb plot, dumb. It's in here, boy. But yeah, it's just so when 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 it's when it's not humor that just falling flat. It's just these bizarre moments, like that whole bar scene when them when them twins came in and set up perform. I was t- in the back of my head telling myself, okay, they're just gonna perform one verse and then we're gonna get to the next scene. They just f- do a whole song and then on top of yeah. all that, Harley Quinn, Qu- uh, Harley Quinn came in and did a whole song after that. I was like, this is like six minutes of of, of a whole bar scene that just did nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah. And then it's when it hit me that the plot is not the point. It's just about everybody loving Harley Quinn. That's the, that's 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 what they should call this damn film. Everybody loves Harley Quinn. It's not about Batman trying to, to save the world or everything. It's about everybody loving Harley Quinn or everybody should care about Harley Quinn. But at the end of it, I just did not care. And yes, I like I, I like Melissa Rauch. I, I, I love <laughs> Bernadette in in um in Big Bang Theory. And yes, she she did deliver a fantastic um, performance here. Um, didn't care for the guy who played Nightwing, Kevin Conroy. Of course, he kills it. Um, the guy who plays Fl- uh, Floronic Man, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson. I love this voice. Yeah. But also, he just had that you know all too familiar voice. If you, if you know what I mean. But there yeah, was, Principal yeah. Lewis from American Dad. Yeah. Right. Um, I felt that Poison Ivy was wasted. There was just no reason for her to be there. Um, I saw the attempts of 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 the of the film to be all risky and edgy and you know yeah, ooh, just gonna be all sexy and all in your face with it. But it just it was just obnoxious to me. It just didn't work. Now I'll just say this inclusive. Now I know people who want to defend this and say, well, not every DC animated movie have to be all fun. You know, sorry, had to be all dark and stuff. You could be fun with it too. Okay. Yeah. It could be fun. It has... Pr- it, they proved that before. You know, Return of the Cape Crusaders, for example. But, you know, in that film, they didn't take itself too seriously. When you start off with this whole thing about a virus going to be unleashed and, you know, you set up this serious tone and it just keeps clashing every once in a while with, you know, these shenanigans involving Harley. There's even one moment where she stops the whole show to run down some fella who stood she up at prom. A whole chase right. scene. Yeah, just, yeah. just because this guy stood up years ago at prom. And then, oh yes, slight spoiler again, um, Swamp Thing is in it. And the moment where he appears in this show, I was like, what's this I watching here, boy? What, what, what yeah, that? I thought I thought they would have done something with what? that. Like, what is this? Had, what is this? Oh, by the way, again, there's an episode of Justice League Action that with, with Harley, um, with, sorry, with Ivy, Harley, and Swamp Thing again. I was like, again, who's the same people? Yeah. And they fucked that up too. Like, uh, whatever. Again, yeah, and, and, wrap, and, and, it up, yeah. wrap it up, Matthew. Right. I'm going to wrap it up. Though. I'm going to wrap it up now. I, I really wanted to like this thing. I really wanted to because of the cast, because of Melissa Rauch and Kevin Conroy and all that kind of stuff. But the, the plot was... The plot didn't do anything for me. The Sorry, the, the characters didn't really do anything for me. Um, Harley Quinn, who I wanted to like at the end of this thing, just came off even annoying. And yes, that little post-credit scene just annoyed me even further because, like, yeah. you know, it's just this whole three-minute sketch that just came out of nowhere for me. But yeah, this is a this is this is a waste of time for me. I wanted to give this a two and a half, in, in, in with regards to you know just seeing it if you want to see it. But I had to give this a two. But I I want my money back. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't pay money to see this thing. I saw it digitally, but I want my money back. And yeah, um, in closing, this movie is supposed to be coming out on home media. Um, okay. Two days from now, which will be August the 29th. Okay. I say 
don't buy it on don't buy it on DVD don't buy it on Blu-ray yeah, you know if, if you need to see it you know search for it watch it digitally and if you like it cool buy it but yeah this is like a kind of one-off thing you see it and you kind of just don't want to remember that you watch it so yeah Batman and Harley Quinn total waste of time two total out of five rubbish. I want my money back yeah, I hope I hope like the version I see was some short bullshit and have a real version that better and a director's yeah. cut that actually well told and much smarter. But why well, watch very rubbish? Yeah, and finally, if you give him a, a hour and fifteen minutes show, right? Do just stop the film at an hour and five minutes, roll credits, and then give us some unnecessary skit to fill up that time. Please, don't right. do that. Please. Right. Moving on. <sighs> All right. So moving along from that bullshit that was Batman and Harley Quinn. Sorry to yeah. say that. Now we're going to yeah. talk about Atomic Blonde, which we yeah. finally got the chance to see. Now my right. movie came out roughly a month ago, but we finally got to see it down here. Yeah, uh, I sadly, because so much time passed, I <laughs> kind of don't give a shit anymore. Um, <laughs> I know what I mean, I know what I mean. I was really like, you know, um, hard pressed to go and see it. Yeah. But I went and see it anyway. And right. yeah, yeah, this um, was decent. It, it was, it was. We, but yeah. it, it fell a little flat for me. Uh, I, I would I'll agree here. Yeah, and um, explain. But I'll, I'll, I'll just run through what, what, the, what the premise is about, right? Yeah. So um, it's based on a graphic novel that came out in 2012, um, which I have yet to read, called The Coldest City. Um, it centers on the character of Lorraine Broughton, who is played by um, Charlie Sterron, McGill. Um, and this is set in 1989. This is like uh, right before the collapse of the Berlin Wall. So we have this MI6 agent that um, that Lorraine was romantically involved with at a point in time who right. is um, killed by this KGB agent and he steals this list that he has with him. Just basically just this microfilm that has like the names of all these um, active field agents in the yeah. Soviet Union. So um, Lorraine, who is um, apparently working for the uh, for MI6, is assigned to go to um, to Germany um to try to find this list and how the film is um is set up basically is that she is being quote-unquote interrogated by two characters the first being the cia agent played by john goodman and um her mi6 superior who is played by toby jones and here is just basically this really seedy really this kind of dark neon lit kind of you know um journey if you will with Lorraine in the in the underworld of you know of, of Germany as she's trying to find this um this film um this this microfilm, and I'll just jump in into to to the review more than one time. Um, one thing yeah, so right off the bat, this is like one of those kind of, it's re- very reminiscent of those old school Cold War kind of spy films, and this is one thing yeah, that people should that's, know that's, going that's into was, that this was, is a, a spy thriller, yeah, not so much. A, I'm surprised by that film. because. I was quite surprised by that because I thought it would have been more action-oriented. It was just kind of yeah, more grounded. It was, uh, it was. Um, I, I like the fact that they, they, they try to keep it very, um, you know, grounded in historically, um, historic-wise. You know, right. we got to, to really got a sense of, of how times were, how people, you know, uh, were, you know, how people lived their lives at the time, how influenced they were by American culture. You could see that by, you know, the clothes they wear, just the, the items that... Um, well, this one character, um, James McAvoy's character, David Percival, he's yep. this um, this guy who basically gets to go into the underworld and, like, you know, sell um, you know items on the black market and stuff like that. Nah. Yeah, you know, he's always he's always sipping on some Jack Daniels and stuff like that. Um, so not just that, but also like the music at the times. There's lots of um, you know 
lots of synth pop and all those kind of things it is even one great moment you know because it's set in 1989 where yes we hear public enemies fighting powers like yes that's right on the nose um and that's one thing about the music choices as well that i'll um i'll talk about a little later but yeah i i love the the visual aesthetic of it it's very you know dark very well when i say dark in terms of just setting the tone i love yeah. the how cd and you know just kind of you know you don't know what's what's you don't know you don't know what's going to happen next it, it always keeps you on edge that's for one thing i love these sort of um neon that they use to light these scenes as well this is you know in terms of just visuals i i love how how gritty it is as well um the story though is where things kind of get kind of um kind of get iffy here because yeah. yes as much as they want to be grounded as much as they want to be as believable as possible there are moments where it's like it's easy to get you know um lost in the story you know because they kind of want to keep up with things you know, and the way how this film is set up where you know it's a spy film so you don't know who to trust and then somebody might say some some line or some a piece of dialogue to somebody else and then they're trying to really kind of you know sift you know, just trying to weed out whether this person is is trustworthy or not and you know there's all these things now you know all these right. little bits and pieces that you've seen before in other spy films that you that you see here in this film but you know unfortunately though because it's it's trying to be so edgy and trying to be so much of a spy film you know it tends to get rather convoluted rather quickly you know for me um but yeah what, what, what were your thoughts on on um on yeah again uh, i was i was expecting more action because i was expe- I really was expecting basically uh female john wick that's kind of the running you know yeah, narrative. Well, it is it is kind of in a way and it's still more, it's still you still get a lot of that but then really. the, they decide to do this grounded spy thing and a lot of that just fell flat for me because it again there's a kind of tonal problem because yeah it's one thing if you're expecting, you know, a John LeCare, Tinker Taylor Soldier, Spy kind of thing. Oh, right, right. Good, and, good reference. I was, actually, and, I was actually thinking about that. Then, and then you're getting the action stuff. but And it already gelled together all that well. Um, but the movie still works for the most part. Um, again, Teron, Teron was the standout. She mm. worked. Um, she, you know, she comes back to action. So it's, it's great to see her in this, you know, in, in her bigger, kind of the latter half of her career now. Yeah. And it totally works a lot in that sense. Yeah, but and, because... and, and, and may I say before, and sorry to cut there, but may I say, this is pretty much what we uh, we wish we could have gotten with um, Fast and Furious Eight. It is a Charlie Theron being this badass, right? you know, not just <laughs> not just you know on controls, just telling people what to do. She does things. She gets her hands dirty here. Right, you know what I mean? right, right. Yeah, that's, that's a good comparison because I'll say that I wanted a more grounded character than this whole elite hacker crap from... Yeah, <laughs> you're right about uh, Yeah, uh, but with this now, um, because because a lot of that, because of a lot of the big spice stuff that are supposed to care about and are supposed to flow, follow, uh, because a lot of that fell flat, um, I had a, 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 that kind of threw me off a little bit now in terms of the terms of the final product i didn't hate this uh it actually was pretty decent and yeah, the yeah, action sequences was was pretty goddamn solid again oh my gosh not, yes um speaking, not as speaking, great as continue sorry. not as great as john wick but because it had this one long take kind of approach to everything and this kind of gritty grimy kind of fight coming out especially that last sequence at the end yeah. um that a lot of that totally worked i didn't love it love it but it was like still pretty well done um right. i prefer but because it was supposed to be you know you know the character's not supposed to recover and i think that's a big selling point it no yeah um 
that worked i think right now now what i would say about that um those action sequences there's one scene in particular that is done in this seemingly long take that is in my honest opinion one of the best the best action sequences i have seen all year yeah it is amazing there, there's moments in that sequence where i was like okay they're gonna cut now right they're gonna cut now no. right yeah, yeah they just going keep long. going and going yeah. and it is just so raw because so it, that, that, bloody, um, so that, brutal that remind me of that remind me of, it remind me of remember the long take from Chirana man yes 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 can I, I remember that, that, that was the only time when I started to get involved in this whole long take thing now because um, right. I haven't seen it really used in a movie um, at that time until I saw Chirana man I was like oh my god I'm loving this and then I started to see it more in films like you know Gravity and um, other stuff you know but yeah but, but this sequence here though is worth seeing on a big screen just the way how it's put together that's all i'll say about that and just the the physicality in it as well especially from charlie's terran she it, and you know she doesn't get easy in the sequence guys she gets beat up you know she gets black eyes well she gets a black eye sorry she gets bruises you know you know cuts and all that kind of stuff and the way how she just gets rid of of these guys trying to kill her and this other character um basically this guy who knows the 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 list of names here is just amazing this is like just great filmmaking as well and you know i thought like i i thought it was just gonna be this this shootout slash um you know um fight scene and then it goes outside and then these two characters go inside a car and then they go and then it's just chasing here and that's all i'll say about that but this the way how it's put together though was just amazing this is easily one of the best action sequences of the year hands down but on the just getting back to music there for a minute um when right so when they go inside the car and they're, and they're driving like usually right so there's many moments in this film where um where music is playing and sometimes it's like this one scene in particular where um it seems like the music is playing in lorraine's head that that kind of threw me off a bit that's where the that's in the um this club scene where she meets um sophia butella's character right I'll talk about right. sophia butella in a bit um but yeah, so in this car chase scene here, they're playing Flock of Seagulls, and I Run, right? I think that's the name of the song, and I Run, right? You know, that song that was in the yeah, ad yeah, for, you song, know, yeah. for yeah. Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Come on, you know the damn song, right? <laughs> um, so, but I felt it was on the nose now, because like, okay, we need this this, this pulsing drive, this scene, this music to drive to. So what better song we could think of than Flock of Seagulls, you know? And I felt like because of that just those musical choices, which I do like. I mean, they do set the 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 um the tone, you know, just the the atmosphere and of course the the time of the film. Like for example, you hear ninety nine, um, it's ninety nine red balloons. I believe that's the name of it. Lofter yeah. balloons, yeah. Yeah, lofter yeah. balloons, right? You hear two versions of it actually, two covers of it actually. Um, and it's like you know what? Yes, because we know it's it's Europe. So you have to play these kind of songs. They have to be all well, synthy and all well, that kind of stuff. We know. Ninety nine Lofter Balloons like really relevant. I remember that it song. Is, it is. is ab- yeah. That song is about nuclear war. Yes. So, yeah. 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 So yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's just that most of the times it's like, yeah, okay, because of the time setting. Of course, you had to play this song, and because it's a catchy scene. Of course, you had to play this song, and because it's nineteen eighty nine. Of course, you had to play "Fight the Power" and start off with nineteen eighty nine. Another no, another summer. You know. It was a little too on the nose. I mean, I love the music that they use here. Some music um, um, selections actually work, especially, you know, um, 
the interaction between um, Charlie Theron and Sophia Batella's characters. I thought, you know, the, the music choices, they were great as well. They, they had this really kind of, you know, seductive tone as well, you know, and um, I, I thought it worked there. Um, also, well, just on the, the, the subject of just those two characters. So, Sophia, I think, plays this French agent. And, yeah. and um, Charlene, Charlie, sorry, um, you know, is trying to get information from her. So, you know, if you didn't see it in the trailers, yes, they do have this sort of sexual relationship that you do see a couple of times in it. And, you know, just getting back to tone as well, um, I think this is like one of the biggest issues with this film as well because people are going to go into this thing just based off the trailer and expecting to see something really violent and brutal and sleazy and sexy and kind of smutty as well now, you know? Right. And, you know, like that that particular scene where, yes, Charlize and Sophia are making out as well, you know, it's like, ooh, wow, you have to be all, ooh, lesbian, you know? <laughs> this right. lesbian relationship kind of thing now, you know? Well, which, unfortunately, was spoiled in the trailer. I, thought, I wish I could have been surprised to see this. Um, right. Still, you know, it's just that our audience is coming to expect, is, is coming to expect to see that kind of dark, seedy kind of, you know, film now, you know? And then they're going to be hit over the head with all this stuff about politics and all that kind of jazz as well. And, you know, some people are just going to be like, yeah, is this a history lesson we, we come here to see or we come to see people get bones broken, you know? And, you know, it's that kind of thing. That, like, like, yes, I get that you want to, 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 to make us kind of feel, it will make us kind of connect with what's going on you know out you know behind the scenes basically and it works you know but still people kind of come to see a certain type of film you know so say like like quentin tarantino had the opportunity to direct a, like a spy thriller but you gain all these great action sequences and people gain the bones broken and then you have this this lesbian scene that just comes out of nowhere and all that kind of stuff now you know it's gonna throw people off a bit now it's like well i come to see one thing but again something else and then when I think it is just something else, then we go into the thing that I kind of want. So it kind of, you know, it, it kind of wants to have its cake and eat it too, in, in a way, you know. Um, but apart from all that, though, I thought that the performances were great. Charlie Theron kills it in this film. She, you could tell that she just put so much effort into making this character work. From a physical perspective, um, I felt that character, like, this character-wise, she was cold you know, kind of detached from everyone. You know, she had her own agenda, even right down to her relationship with Sophia Botella's character. You know, I like right. that. You know, there's a couple, there's like a few scenes, even like especially the the first scene with her, um, that that she this introductory scene with her in this battle with ice cubes and all that kind of stuff. If you notice the cold, how cold it looks, you know, the the, the use of blue in that kind of yeah. in that scene. You know, it really establishes her character as well. There isn't much going on with her emotionally, though. I know that might turn off some people. Might be, you know, some people might be like, okay, so she's just this kind of, you know, badass Terminator-like chick, but there's nothing much to her, you know? It kind of reminds me of, like, Keanu Reeves in, um, in John Wick, where, where right. yes, he has a life and stuff like that, but still he is this kind of stone-cold assassin at the end of the day, and that's, that's what we kind of come to expect. And I thought that she played the character um, pretty well, though. Um, Sophia Batella, I thought, was great as well. Um, I didn't see any mommy, so I can't, you know, some people are, you know, kind of seeing that she sucks in it and she's probably one of the worst actresses out right now, but I loved her in Kingsman and I right. pretty much enjoy her here. I just felt that they could have they could have given her character some more depth, though, because it's just like, oh, I'm just this French agent that just doing this for the excitement, but I don't want to get killed, you know? And then she just kind of stumbles on this relationship thing with uh, with Charlie Theron's character, and it's kind of like, well, why exactly? Out of the blue, 
although nearing the end of the show you kind of get to understand why but i still felt there could have been more depth to her um support the cast i thought was great as well john goodman toby jones um james Bo- um, james mcavoy i thought was was great as well he he brought some some much needed humor to this um but really the thing that 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 sold it to me was just the action sequences there's not much in them um in this movie but when they're there they're entertaining they're brutal they're in your face and like i say that that one sequence though will just go down as one of the best action sequences of 2017 um but yeah apart from the model plot because like i say you know it's trying to be all historical and trying to be all spy thriller and all that kind of stuff and you know at times you know it's too much spy thriller and not enough action movie i still enjoyed it not as much as i wanted to unfortunately but i still enjoyed it for what it was so um what would what would you read this movie first of all um i give it a movie down all right fair yeah um it it a lot of it fell flat. I, I thought it would have been excited, but it's still solid business overall, especially that last action sequence. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that has totally worked for me. It was, it was still, it was, it felt, it didn't feel too great or original personally, uh, but it just worked mm. and it's just well made and it's like all right. And because it's, it's all about just the, the constant lingering damage of everything, that worked as well. But um, so overall, I I just enjoyed this. But yeah, this is a movie solid business for me. Little a couple tonal issues overall, but I I actually uh, enjoyed it overall. All right. Well, for me, I would give this a strong three and a half to a light four. Um, yeah. I, it, it is worth seeing on the big screen, but you have to go yeah. in knowing that it's not going to be John Wick chapter one or chapter two. Right. It's not going to be right. all and out that's, action. That's, that's, right? where, that's what kind of threw me off. Yeah. There's going to be lots of moments with, you know, lots of espionage stuff going on. Yeah. And slower, some viewers, and that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of just one big problem. It was slow and then all of that plot stuff was didn't really have a payoff necessarily. Yeah, um, plot-wise, um, and, just and, pretty boilerplate in my opinion. Right, and on the subject of that payoff, though, like when it happens and the film ends, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, <laughs> that that's how right. I felt. It's one of those, right. <laughs> of course, right, you know. But still, I felt that you know the, the payoff could have been a little bit better though, because um, it's all this you know shadiness and who to trust and all that kind of thing. The stuff right. that is you don't expect, back you know. But it you just kind of gets expect. bogged uh, yeah, down exactly. in its own genre, if if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, it has to be a spy thriller, so let's add all these spy thriller tropes to it. But we want to be an action movie, too, so let's be all raw and gritty with it, you know? But I think more people will gravitate to the action stuff more than the spy stuff. I mean, the spy stuff is good, but I just find that it's just a little bit confusing and convoluted at times. Unnecessarily so, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But yeah, I still give this a, a strong three and a half to light for. Um, see it as soon as you can i wouldn't say it's one of the best movies of the year but i would say it is probably one of the most memorable I, it, but it did give us one of the most memorable performances from charlie steron um and yeah i've always been a fan of her even before mad max Fury road came out but you know i can't wait to see what she does um in the future um i don't know if you'll get atomic blonde too i kind of highly doubt it but i know, doubt it for i understand it didn't really do do well uh money wise so yeah box, box office is kind of kind of weak yeah yeah but still, if if, if if you like your edgy spy films with, you know, a dose of, 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 um, of bone crunch in action, then you'll have fun with this one, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> alongside Atomic Blonde, which I saw yesterday time in this recording, I also checked out the Hitman's Bodyguard. Right. The thing is, like, I know you would not have wanted to see it, but I was, I, I for one, no, was, was I was, I was hyped, I was hyped for it, you know, trailers, and I was excited for it, and then I saw the scores, and I was like, ugh, I, why is it so low? And so I was like, I, right, well, I'm not gonna waste my time with this because, look, if you're gonna do your funny 
you know making fun of stuff kind of borderline parody stuff um yeah it, it i don't gonna you can't fuck that up yeah do not fuck up your parodies please i'm not gonna even be, i gonna your parodies need to be good right so i'm gonna give you the time idea at all so that's why i didn't worry to go and see it right right well here's the thing right um i'll actually jump into the to the review since i saw it um yeah. i'll just talk about the whole parody thing in a bit but this movie here the hitman's bodyguard actually was its script was actually on the 2011 blacklist which i didn't even know about till a while back actually okay so this was a film that could have been made back years ago actually right but finally true you know uh, millennium films and um Lionsgate films actually this film uh this script has seen in light of day they got a rather talented cast here with um ryan reynolds a.k.a. Deadpool, um, Samuel Jackson, a.k.a. Um, Nick Fury, Salma Hayek, who I haven't seen in a movie in ages, um, um, Gary Oldman, one of my favorite character actors like ever, and Elodie Young, who last time we saw her was in Defenders as um, Elektra. Yeah. And, uh, oh yes, this guy, Joaquim de, de Almeida, also is in it as well too. He was the, the villain from um, Fast Five. Yeah, he's in it as well too. So, um, That's, um, the Brazilian, um, oh gosh, he wasn't a drug. Oh, Fast Five, okay. Yeah, from Fast Five. That guy, you know, the guy yeah. who used to send men to do his duty work, he didn't want to get right, 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 duty. Right. That guy, yeah, he wasn't yeah. too. Right. Um, it's directed by um, Patrick Hughes, whose last film was The Expendables 3, which, right, which I, I, I skipped out on. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I saw it terrible. Right. So. It pretty much centers on um, this guy called Michael Bryce. He's played by Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Sorry, he's this professional bodyguard. After this job that he did where he had to protect this client, which um, ended rather violently, um, he's trying to get his career back on track. So his ex-girlfriend, this Interpol agent, um, her, her name is Amelia, who's played by Elodie Young, um, call, um, calls him up because um, she wants him to protect Samuel Jackson's character. His name is Darius Kincaid. He's yeah. one of the most, he's one of the world's, sorry, most notorious hitmen. Um, and he was actually in, well, in prison as well. But the thing is, is that um, this dictator uh, of um, this, well, of the former um, Soviet Union, Belarus, Beler- sorry, um, his name is um, Vladislav Duk- Dukovic. <laughs> sorry if I got the name wrong. Um, he's played by Gary Ullman. He's this really notorious, uh, merciless dictator. Um, he's going up for um, to court, um, you know, for these war crimes, essentially. Like, he used to go into different villages and, you know, kill people off. Just genocide, and, you know, really dark stuff. Um, and one, well, they, they wanted to bring in um, Darius pretty much to, to testify, you know, against this guy, basically. Because um, there was this whole thing where um, apparently he killed these, 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 um, these group of people, well, actually, these villagers, but they don't really have all the information and whatnot. So they want to bring in Darius to, you know, to in court you know, to to speak his piece, basically. Um, so along the way, while he's being um, carried to the to the courthouse, of course, as you would expect in these kind of films, there's this is you know shootout on the streets, people yeah. die, Interpol agents get killed. Um, so now um, he's carried into the safe house, thanks to um, thanks Amelia, and that's where she calls Michael, and then Michael comes in. And it's like, okay, yes, now you have to protect this guy. The thing is with Michael is that he knows about Darius. He knows about his infamy and how skilled he is as a, as a hitman. And yeah, right off the bat, they just do like each other, you know. Uh, Michael is the guy who follows rules and all that kind of stuff. He always have this guide on how to do things. 
and Darius is just that kind of happy-go-lucky guy. He's just like, fuck it, whatever, do what you want to do. Um, you know, just live in the moment, basically, like that. And here we just get this kind of buddy... I know what I was about to say, buddy cop. We get this buddy action film where Michael has to transport um, Darius, you know, across Europe to this particular courthouse um, to testify against Gary Oldman's character. And that, in a nutshell, is what Hitman's Bodyguard is about. Now... <clears throat> On the subject of parody, right? Now, the thing is, it's easy to call this film a parody for, for two reasons. First reason is because of the, the, the style of it, or just the premise alone, you know? These two guys who do like each other, but they happen to be skilled with guns, and they could fight and thing, and they have to they have to stay alive and, you know, without killing each other. You know, you've seen this formula done millions of times, you know? Even, yeah. like, 48 hours, um, right. you know, lethal weapon. Uh, what else? Millions of other examples. I can't even can't remember them right now. But you've seen this formula done hundreds of times. Millions of times, I should say, before. And then also to the, the marketing behind this film. Um, the emphasis on comedy. Well, more comedy than action. And then also, like, there was this one particular trailer. Sorry, this TV spot where... Ryan Reynolds was reviewing Samuel Jackson's performance and vice versa. It's like, Samuel, ja- Samuel Jackson just can't stop saying the word motherfucker and all those kind of things. Uh, right. You know? Um, and then, of course, well, I don't know if you've seen it, the poster, well, one of the posters, well, I, 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 I want to call it an alternate poster, but it was, uh, it, was, it was actually released. That's where they, they actually poked fun of the the poster yeah, for the 1992 film, The Bodyguard, yeah. of yeah, course, with, with, with Houston and um, Kevin Costner. Yeah. Um you know, um so so you know, and the way how they did it, yeah, it was photoshopped and all that, you could tell, but it was still clever, it was still kind of fun, right? But um the thing is with me is I can't call this film a parody at all, you know? Yes, oh, really? it's it's generic, it's formulaic, very, very, very formulaic, but I cannot in good nature call this film a parody. I, I see it as just um <coughs> This attempt at trying to, to, to harken back to those old buddy cop or buddy action films of like the 80s and the 90s. I, I see it as, as one of that. Not so much as, oh, we're going to poke fun at Lethal Weapon here. We're going to poke fun at 40 hours here. You know, we're going to poke fun at Bulletproof here, which was with Demon Wayans and, and Adam Sandler. Yes, that was actually a movie. You know, yeah. it's not like that. It's, it's trying to tell its own story. But because of the, the, the subgenre of it, it's just like, yeah... Okay, it's entertaining. The, the leads are fine. Okay, don't get me wrong. I mean, Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson are, are, are decent, I find, in this film. Um, they have these great moments together. There were moments where I genuinely was laughing. But at the back of my mind, I was telling myself, but still, I've seen this before. I've seen this already. I, I, I can't help but see that. Even right down to the, to the locations, the, the European aesthetic, you know, these American characters being in Europe and just more or less traveling through. Um, so if they're not in, in the Netherlands, you know, they're in London and, you know, all these things. You've seen that before, especially with these recent sort of um, European-American co-productions, those action films. Uh, you know, like those Luc Besson kind of films like Transporter, those kind of things. Yeah, 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 you've seen these kind of things before now. Um, but apart from all that, though, well, yes, the acting is is good. It's not great, but good. Um, the banter between Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson works for the most part. Okay. Uh, there, are mo- there are points where it's like, 
y'all really 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 want to be friends y'all really gonna be friends at the end of this and yeah they they do they do spark a a, a friendship you know uh, but they still kind of try to want to kill each other or they always keep cussing each other out and thing and you know it's fun seeing them on screen doing their thing um i felt that samuel um samuel jackson outshines um outshines ryan reynolds just because right. he gets to see motherfucker a lot yes he says he uses that word a lot and you know when you think about it it's because you kind of come to expect um you know samuel jackson to be full mounted you know if you you know right. from from jungle fever and um and pulp fiction days to now yeah. you can expect that this guy is going to be a potty mouth and he is in this film um ryan reynolds is always the kind of cynical kind of sarcastic kind of snarky guy you know that you that you would expect after you know shows like say um uh, Deadpool and even you know his comedy is like Just Friends which I actually like by the way I know some people don't like Just Friends I actually like Just Friends right but whatever um, but yeah so it's it's pretty much those two actors playing themselves or playing what they know the audience is going to expect from them and because you kind of know what to expect from both of them you know it the chemistry kind of works but at the same time it's kind of predictable it's like you know Samuel Jackson is going to be this way you know Ryan Reynolds is going to be that way you know they're not gonna work out. They're not gonna get along here or there. You, you know, you can't expect those things. Unfortunately, um, Sam, uh, Sama Hayek. Sorry, I did not expect. <laughs> well, that that's what I didn't expect her to be in the show. But I didn't expect her to be such a standout here. And I'm not just talking about looks, because yes, she is pretty. She is getting old, but yeah, she's still fine as hell. Um, but here she plays um, Darius's husband, and yeah. she is just as full mounted as he is but the thing is that you you hardly see it there's just like these few oh. scenes with her she's in prison and they're trying to get information about her it's like you know where's darius where would darius be and you know she's just cussing these guys out she'd even use spanish on them as well you know it, it, you know when she's there and i think the whole the whole gimmick there is like oh my god sama high cussing so much there was even this right. guy who was sitting down next to me while i was watching films like oh my god this is sama high cussing my way yeah. But every time she was on screen, people were just laughing at her, you know what I mean? They were just laughing their asses off. Um, Elodie Young, um, Electra, she's fine as well. Um, they don't give, really give her that much to do. She just there, you know, um, she's you know, she just there trying to trying to do what Interpol tells her to do, but then slight spoiler, she kinda realizes there's something going on behind the scenes there. They even touch on the relationship that um she had with um Ryan Reynolds character as well. Um and there's even this flashback scene involving how the two of them met together. And similar to Atomic Blonde, they use these on the nose songs as well. So like in that one particular sequence they use um I Wanna Know What Love Is and right. like Yes, I know they're going for, for, for humor there and dark, well, dark humor, I should say. But I felt at that moment, it didn't fall flat for me. It just kind of didn't really do anything for me. Um, there's, there's a flashback sequence with, uh, with Samuel Jackson and Sam Hayek, how they met. That actually was pretty entertaining. You know, it was really dark humor as well. But, you know, that, that brings in one main issue I had with this movie here, which is the runtime. This movie clocks in at close to two hours. And I felt they were they could have cut out at least like fifty minutes out of that, um, including those flashback sequences. You know, like yes, they're funny moments. Okay, I, I see what they're going for, but still, it's like, come on, we need to pick up the pace. We need to move. You know, because if if it's like it's like an action scene, and then they will stop, and then have these moments where these character uh, where 
Ryan and Samuel will talk to each other and then the action scene and back and forth, right. back and forth, back and forth. And it's just this this formula, you know what I mean? But still, you could have just taken out 50 minutes from that and you would have had a, a, a more decent film, in my opinion. Um, but the biggest the biggest flaw with this movie, though, is Gary Oldman. Now, not oh. seeing his character was terrible, but he was just so underutilized. Right? There was even points where you swear this guy was in a different movie. There's like his introductory scene in the film is so dark, Jed. I it it like this huge tonal shift, right? Even early yeah. on in the film, it's like you swear you watching this like real, you know, graphic violent, you know, moving us some so visceral, now, you know. Even though you don't see any blood in it, but just the the um the tone of it is just so bleak, now, you know. And then you're going back to this whole kind of haha comedy action humor afterwards. It just didn't work there. But I felt, you know, because it's Gary Oldman, you know, one of the best actors working today, they could have done more with this guy. He was just, you know, he is what he is. He is just this dictator. He has his European accent here. You know, he could do this 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 performance in his sleep. But there was no point in time where you look at him as like, yeah, he's like this big bad guy that I should be, you know, utterly scared of now well apart from yeah. that 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 um, that scene that i mentioned earlier um he's just that guy who just calls on henchmen to go after our two heroes and that's it really you know there's nothing much going on with him yeah um the action sequences i thought were were, were, were well you know shot well put together um i heard that it was a drastic improvement over the action sequences in expendable street i could be wrong i haven't seen Expendable well, street but yeah yeah um but you know the the thing is with those scenes. I mean, yes, they 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 are fun to watch um, and and stuff like that. But at times it did feel like you know it's it's not funny. It's like real, you know, like okay. Uh, the, the best way to describe it is that there's one there's one action sequence where you see it in the trailer where Ryan Reynolds is fighting a guy in this um this hardware store. That action sequence to me is the best one in my opinion and the reason why it works is that it perfectly blends the humor and the action perfectly it does that well you know and you get to see you know the the the, the characters being themselves of course ryan being that guy where it's like pass me the card pass it now that kind of thing that's that's how you expect him to be you know but everything else is just your, your typical shaky cam you know your car chase scene your explosions your this your that Yes, they look good. Yes, they're fun to watch, especially when you're when you're eating a whole bag of popcorn like I did. But still, it's like right. if you've seen one action sequence like this, you've seen you've seen them you've seen them all basically. You know, it's nothing new right. here. Um, one other thing that that threw me off, I don't think a lot of people really mention it. There's these moments where, like these daylight scenes, you now where it's it's almost like there's this white light that shines. Like every time light is shining through a window, or whatever. And it looks like almost blurry. So almost like if, like say like if my glasses were blurry, right? And I was looking at this scene, I would I, I would be looking like let me just say the the, the left um the left lens was was blurry. So I look at the screen and like the left side is blurry, you know the left side of the screen. And no, my my glasses would 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 dirty or anything like that. But just the way how the light looked, it's just kind of weird. But I don't know if it's post production or the right. principal photography or whatever. But just this kind of weird sheen that it had. Now. It was just right. weird. It just really took me out of the film. But um, um, I forget what it's called, but it's about leak. We call it leakage in the cam. That is yeah, something like that. It just looked really weird. Now. We call it light leakage, but that light, is light leakage. That, yeah. Oh, that's probably in post though, intentional because like on our level, it shouldn't be like. 
fucking that up. That is something I that, know, you know, yeah, if, you have, because, a, if because, you have a defective meta bones or something, right? Yeah, because the majority of the, the, the exterior shots look really good. It's just every right. once in a while they'll get this kind of weird ghosting, I think, is the term is. This ghosting effect, now, this kind of... Yeah, that, 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 that probably had to be the... Weird. the I don't, that doubt is, is on a production level. That had to be the, the theater or something. That can't be... The, if you're saying ghosting, you're not ghosting. is okay, like a well, real, well, well, a real is, amateur mistake, though. Yeah, well, the thing is, um, only one other reviewer actually mentioned this. So when I saw it, I was like, wait, um, why does shot look in sooner? You know, it's, okay. it's really weird, but... Really? Okay. Yeah, other than that, though, um, at the end of the day, Hitman's Bodyguard is what it is. It's a generic action film. It has two likable leads. It has some higher cussing in ways I didn't expect to hear her. Um, it has a you know a wasted opportunity from Gary Oldman. Unfortunately, I mean he is just such a great character actor, especially when he does villains. Um, but yeah, he was just wasted here. You know, you have these generic action sequences. You have these even more generic. Um, you know, you know you, you have these these bad guys and henchmen who gets you know get shot at or stabbed and stuff, and he just just shit that you've seen hundreds of times before so you know if you're expecting anything new you will be very disappointed here but if you're going kind of knowing what to expect then you'll enjoy it you'll enjoy it for what it is um yeah i just felt that it was just a tad bit too long you could have just shaved off like 15 minutes out of it um they could have done more with the the, um, the chemistry between the two could have done more with the story itself and at the end of the day it really does feel like you know some script that was probably written in the 90s and just didn't really get to see light of day until 2017 you know before it's what i give this a uh, light to the century out of five it was all right it was all right it's one of those okay. shows like if you have nothing to do on a saturday night and it's on tv or you have it on home media or whatever you know you just pop it in you pop some pops um, popcorn <laughs> you know you, you get some beers you know get real drunk and you'll have fun with it but don't go into this thing expecting you know an intelligent plot or logic or anything like that it's just dumb mindless action fun but because of the two leads that's really what makes it worth watching okay yeah so, and yeah. now folks the moment of truth the moment y'all been waiting for hopefully <laughs> <sighs> we are going to talk about that note yeah boy the netflix version <laughs> the yeah. netflix edition if you will all right, so before we begin, just a little backstory about, about that note, right? So, back in the 2000s, when I was very, very heavily into anime, um, I think, I can't remember who it is, but somebody recommended that I, that I check out the anime for, for that note, right? Yeah. Um, and this was the only time when I, uh, when I had to read subs and all that kind of stuff. So, enjoyed it. I saw it. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It blew me, actually. This was... This was this was something that, you know, the premise sounds so incredibly dark and so twisted and demented. But the way how the, it still, it, it, it kept me on edge and it kept me engaged throughout the entirety of, um, of, its, um, of, of the two seasons that it ran for, you know, was just amazing. Yeah. This was, to me, it is re- it's still, in my opinion, one of the, the, the best anime I've seen um, yeah. in a long while, actually. Um, yeah. Well, sorry, probably arguably one of the best anime of the past decade here. Uh, it was so good that I actually watched it over with the English dub, and I thought the English dub was fantastic. Um, I didn't get around to, to watching the majority of the the, um, the live action films that they made at, um, in Japan. Yeah, in Japan, I started watching like the first half hour of one, and then I just got bored. Cause I find that the, the story just ran really slow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it was uh, one of them. Yeah. 
And um, just I'll just say this before we jump into your history of the film. I know there's some I like I, I, I like I know in general people w- weren't really wowed by the end of the of the series itself, especially what they do with a certain character, well L. Um, but I still enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, it wasn't like the best end there, but still overall, yeah, I really I really enjoy that note. So what what's your history on on that note? The yeah, I, I yeah again I I got into it at roughly the same time I assume as you, which is right, roughly about ten years ago or so. Yeah, run yeah, uh, time when it was. When yeah, it and yeah, that note that note just is one of those shows that totally work um, in terms of like pacing, structure, and just the world, and then just the, the characterization. Uh, uh, and again, for me, yeah, it kind of started to fall flat around the halfway mark when something big happens to a certain character. Uh-huh. Um, but it's still a solid series and a true classic. And well, what's truly notable about that series as, as well <laughs> is probably one of the most memorable OPs ever. The second OP to Death Note. Um, oh boy. Yeah, just, just over-the-top black metal kind of vibes that they decide to go for. Yeah, and like, this, totally like this bash, this imagine bashing your head on a wall until it bleeds. Yeah. That's, that's that type of music. Yeah, just wildness. So yeah. just, just um, and I actually, actually cool. love the 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 end the end um, the the end music that he used uh, for that second season. Though I, I thought that was, yeah. that was that was so yeah, dark so and uh, yeah, and it, it is most notable for just just being really really smart, conscientious writing. Exactly, uh, and, and not just dark and, and visceral for the sake that's of it, that's, that's, Well, we'll so. get into that with, with this um, this movie, and yeah. well, the live action movies as well. Um, it didn't have these like classic moments like Death Note. There's this two moments in, in the original Death Note. Uh, well, at least the anime. I, I, I can't say anything about the light novel or, or even the manga. Never read those. Um, but you have two moments. The part with two cell phones. Mm-hmm. And there's a really clever part with, with uh, involving a bag of well, potato chips. Um, it's just, just the context that I just totally work now in terms of like good writing and, and leading up and pacing. And yeah, let us get into the review itself. Yeah. Of this new Death Note and... Well, we're just going to straight up say it. Why it didn't work? Um, <laughs> you know. You, you just jump in there fast. But just jump straight in, yeah. Before we do that, before we do that, we have to at least say what it's about. What, what is this American Death Note about? You want to um, It's the same story as the original Death Note, more or less, except it's in Seattle instead of Japan. Yes. That's it. Um, it doesn't change. And, and well, and certain characters' races change. Anymore. And it's light tuna. Light yeah, whatever. Tuna. Just everything Americanized. So it's yeah. it's the Americanized version of it. Um, they changed the character of L's played by a black guy, played uh, by Lakeith Stanfield. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryuk is the same character, roughly, from the anime. Yeah, played, played by, by which I thought well, was quite voiced good. by William Dafoe. Quite William Dafoe, yeah, it's pretty yeah. good actually. And um, yeah, this didn't. Now here's the thing. I was gonna just straight up say it. I didn't hate this as much as I expected to. Um, but. Is a classic case of you know a classic case of what we call <laughs> ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. <laughs> That's, what, That's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. It's ten. It's it's so basically the main problems with this is that we too much content and narrative to fit properly in ninety minutes. Right. This was about ninety minutes long. Well, ninety five minutes roughly. Yeah. Ninety five minutes. Well, I I don't know. I I, yes, don't, I just stop I just stop counting at the, at the well, credits. Eh? Once it yeah. end and the credits started done. It didn't have a couple credit scene. So yeah. I had it around 90 minutes or so. If anything, 92 minutes, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah. 90 and change, whatever. Whatever, yeah. Point is, it's, it's you know, it could have fit the story in that time period anyway. Um, so pacing, characterization, world building, structure, just generally suffered. Mm. Uh, and it is the unfortunate part because here's the thing. The one thing that you're, po- you're supposed to utilize when you're, you know, 
the one thing you're supposed to utilize, and that's the one thing that was the strength of Netflix, is a miniseries format. Yes. What the fuck? Totally agree. What the fuck? Like, yeah, exactly. Why does it didn't do that? Because this could have eased. Now I don't know how long it could have been, but uh, it, it could have easily been like a six to six to eight hour, six to eight hour long episodes or so, right? Yeah. Six episodes hour long, and you flesh out the story better. Because here's the thing: I didn't, I, I didn't completely hate this. Um, it got a couple things right. Um, it got. I thought it got. The one thing it, it got right that I thought a lot of live action anime stuff get wrong, including the the Japanese Death Note. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, and and most other live action Japanese stuff like Gantz or Rony Kenshin. Um, one thing one thing they almost always get wrong is visual language, right? Mm-hmm. Where is the camera? Where are you seeing it from? Where's the point of view? Stuff like that. This actually got a lot of that right, surprisingly, um, in my opinion. Do you mean like uh, camera movement? Or, wait, no, yeah, just where the up? camera is. Sorry? You mean where the camera is set up? Or, or? Yeah, where the camera is, where, is, where it is, where the, where the shot is, where it, from whose angle, where it from. Yeah, it got a lot of that right, surprisingly, um, in my opinion. Like, especially some of that opening sequences. When it's time for light to get, when it's time for light to kill off people, when he's doing this thing to kill off people. Right. Um. And then they change some of the main narrative from the original Death Note, which I don't mind either. You're doing your own thing, fine. But you need to pace that out better. They could have start this in a better place with light. Have it be darker. Like they they open, they could have opened it instead of just him opening in a school, right? They could have him where you know he in the trial with the mother being bounced and the guy getting off. Right. So you set that up immediately in your first five minutes. Then you pace that out. So you have a whole first episode of him dedicated just to kill this dude, right? And him learning about the death note. So, uh, the, and then that was the problem is that everything just jumped from point to point to point to point to point to point, and it just rushed like a total rush job, mm-hmm. right? Ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. No way it could fit all of this in that short period of time. Pacing, play it out, and it it could have worked. Now I'm not I'm not saying that that if they did it this way, it's a guarantee it would have worked, right? But that that would have more than likely helped though, right? I. I don't know. I keep thinking like I don't know. Six to eight hours would I probably do this justice, but as it is, total mess. Total mess. Didn't work at all. Um, and it's a shame that I would have liked to see them at least think that out now instead of deciding to do one movie. You have Netflix as a platform. You're not in a theater, right? You don't have to put it straight to DVD. You have Netflix as a platform. Do that. Sit down and do and give us a format instead of doing this mess now. And that's why it didn't work. I didn't, I didn't, it's, it's unfortunate that they, they did it like this. And I think it was the worst filmmaking either, even though it was amateurish at parts. Um, characterization was fine. They changed up a lot of things with the Mia characters, Misa, but she was different in the school this time instead of being a celebrity. It's kind of weird. Um, Lakeith Stanfield as L wasn't that bad. I thought he was okay. Um, he kind of worked in his own way. Um, even though he can't compare to the original L, but I like what it did with it. No. He, was, he was decent. And he, has a, he, had, he carried the same kind of weird energy from Atlanta anyway. No. So that worked for me. Um, and that's it. They just they just pace out, just badly paced story with just a, a bunch of characterization, just jump, 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 and then you reach the end all of a sudden with an arc that don't make any goddamn sense because no way you could fit this story in 95 minutes or so, or however long it is, right? No way you could fit this in in less than 100 minutes, and that's just the unfortunate part. So they fuck it up. Um, you have anything to say? That's just my intro. <laughs> yeah. Get some water, relax, kick back, and just 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 him out for, for for a while, right? Yeah. 
Alright, Death Note. My thoughts on Death Note. So here's the thing, right? Now I know that this film has a lot of um what's was going to have a lot of hurdles, right? For one thing, you're gonna adapt yeah. this much beloved anime, but that's in terms of like much beloved within the anime community. So not everybody is familiar with Death Note. That's fine. Okay. So you have liberties to change stuff up, and I, I have no problem with that. Okay, changing location from wherever in Japan to to, to Seattle, fine. Right. You know, that's fine. That's 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 cool. All that's all that's nice, right? Of course, you can't follow everything, you know, word for word, panel for panel, drawing for drawing from the manga or the anime to begin right. with. Yeah, anyway. well, that's fine. So cool. But then on the other hand, you have the the diehard fans, right? You have the ones that were venomous when they heard that Netflix was making this thing and it's going to be they, they, you know they went up and wrote petitions online petitions about this whitewashing thing and all that stuff right. I am going to look at this film from the middle of it more on the side of it being a film and not so much as a oh, I'm going to approach it sorry more of from, 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 from a film critic perspective not so much as a, yeah. as a diehard fan of this thing because Yes, I watched that note twice, but that was years ago. So I can't sit back and be like, well, that wasn't in the anime. That wasn't in the anime. That wasn't in the anime. I don't have time for that. Come on. I don't. No, yeah, yeah. So I have to talk about this thing as a movie. And as a movie, this is a failure. An epic yeah. failure. Yeah, total failure. Don't worry. And here's the thing. It it didn't it didn't have to be a failure. It it could have been something better something way better i'll tell you what could have made this thing better to begin with first of all your protagonist light turner played yeah so goddamn awful by nat wolf yeah he was pretty bad yeah i hate this guy well sorry i i, I don't have any i don't have any beef for this guy well, well the actor but i hate i yeah, hate no here's the problem again again you know, again, I, so I kind of you, you kind of see me coming on the side of this film. Again, I would have loved to see. Again, I, I, I'm talking counterfactual, so it, it kind of it's kind of a bullshit argument in that sense. But again, it would have been good to see what a six-hour run of this would have been like, so you get to see his character change over time. Yeah, you're him right. At the start, you're right. You're absolutely right. He, yeah, him at the start screaming like a bitch make perfect sense to me, right? Oh yeah, that that, that, that scream though when he sees yeah, it was funny and time. silly. But is, it makes perfect sense to me. Like, I like that. <laughs> I actually, I thought that a lot of that works in terms of like, yeah, there's him just screaming and, and melting down. And then because he hates the guy and he's a little bit of a psycho himself, when he see the guy, he had get blue and they, they do the, um, what's the name of them? those movies, Jared? Um, the Final Ascension. Final Ascension, right. That kind of, oh, you know. Oh, I'll, I'll talk about Final Ascension. Yeah, that, they had that, that kind of, uh, um, yeah, the Final Destination style of, um, oh God, I forget what it's called, but the... Rube Rube Goldberg machine kind of approach to things now. This yeah, happened, yeah, this happened, yeah. this happened. And it, then it, somebody get a head loss. Or suddenly you lost head, that kind of thing. Right, right. right. And, and well, it looks like an accident, stuff. but it's kind of not. You know, right, exactly. The thing with it is that they, they cannot make it work. Eh? But because, again, it's only 90 minutes, it's it just no way to tell the story in time because it's just, all right, you got to do this. They, they didn't establish him properly. Then all of a sudden you just get a death note. And then all of a sudden, and this is this is what? 15 minutes or so that's yes. supposed to be that's supposed to happen in 40 minutes like the first big death note death of the death note working so you really get a or, sense or of half hour at least or at least the end of the first act at first least, right yeah. exactly that, 
10, and everything just jump, in. jump, 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 jump. No. Yeah. Right. But I'll, main, I'll talk about I peace main, in a bit too. Yeah. Yeah. The main thing is just yeah, it's just a rush job. I mean, right. I, I I couldn't get myself to hate somebody with your language and what he was going for now. Right. In terms of the shot on angle, like, I was like, yeah, this isn't this isn't so bad in that sense. But just yeah, yeah, just jumped our next point and then they jumped to L and then L do this all of a sudden and then you learn all of this about L all of a sudden. It's like nah, dog. All of this shit's about to happen over. Hours now, so you binge watch this like a like a defender season now. Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. It just they, they messed might, up in that way. Might have actually gone over a little bit better than than defenders did, to be honest. To be yeah, fair. exactly. And yeah. That, that's the problem. It's just this was that's the thing. Anyway, go ahead. Right, uh, right. So back to Austin, right? So yeah, Nat Wolf as Lightener. That guy was just so goddamn annoying, boy. He was just so yeah. unlikable, and that's the thing. Like. You're right to do. If they gave this thing more, more breathing, breathing space, if you will, breathing room, sorry. Yeah. You could have developed that character way better. But throughout the course of 95 minutes, I saw little to no character development from this guy. Yeah. He was still the same whiny bitch at the beginning, and he was the whiny bitch at the very end. I hated this guy. And and now to compare to the anime now with like Yagami. In that in, in, in that anime and manga, I should say, you saw how his character was from the beginning, right? He was smart, yeah. you know, he was getting A's or whatever. But as he got this death note and he understood the power of it and what he could do in terms of, you know, changing the will and stuff, you saw his character break down. And, uh, you know, it's just... And that's the whole message of the film now, you know? It's like, what what would happen if you were given this opportunity to... to yeah, to, the power, to, right? The power now, And how that yeah. power could corrupt you. That was the message of Death Note. Here is just he get, yeah. he learn the rules briefly, and this is this is this is the first red flag for me. Well, one of many red flags, right? Okay, so Ryuk shows up and tells him all this stuff. I'll talk about Ryuk in a bit, right? It tells him about all this stuff about what he did not could do, and you know, all you have to do is just write the name and how this person gonna die. You have this bully, right? Right. That, and in this real cliche 90s style bullying, you know, from TV, you know, pushing them around, it's like, oh, here's your books, man, all that kind of stuff. Like, right. stuff that I have seen in, like, sitcoms, right, you know? This is why I seen here. You're looking at this guy, and you tell yourself, you know what? Let me start off big now. Let me start off with decapitation, right? And then, in this real cliche, no illogical final destination ripoff this guy gets it get get gets decapitated i was yeah. just watching this scene i was like what's this this is not parody or something this is a spoof of final destination we didn't just we didn't end this kind of the style of horror years ago we've gone back yeah. to this what's this and then it gets even worse when the character of mia shows up played by margaret qualley yeah well, she I, was, when, uh... when i thought it's just what i thought that that light tuna was going to be the, the only unlikable character in this show. Mia came into the scene. Yeah, yeah. she was, she was, I forget um, she was, she was in that show. She was in Leftovers as the daughter. Thing. Okay, okay. So I, I like the actress. She's solid yeah. in that show, but um, yeah, she was a mess in this yeah, show. No, 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 no beef with her. No beef with her at all. Yeah. But still, I just hate yeah. her character. I hate it all. She didn't work at all yeah, either. How she, how she kind of gravitated to this man so quickly. Um, yeah, it makes sense. How. She she was trying to be all oblivious. Like this is one scene, <laughs> I don't know. I just uh when they was uh during basketball pla- uh, practice, the <laughs> he has the book. He has the book out and talking to her about the book, right? And yeah. 
Ryuk is behind him. Sorry, Ryuk is behind her. And then it's like, who are you talking to? Oh, I'm just talking to, to this dead god. Sorry, I'm talking to Ryuk. He's a dead god. And she's like, right. oh, okay. What? Why? Yeah, it didn't work. Okay, so... PSN. Yes, right. So, so yes, 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 yes. Logically, I'm going to add a little bit of... Like when you say Captain Hines entered. So, yes. Maybe you assume that light is a little crazy. He's a little off rockers, right? So, he's seeing things and stuff like that. But you're not just going to brush off like, oh, okay. Come on. Yeah. Man could be a psycho. Are you just all like, well, I want to know more because you have this book that you keep telling me could kill people. Ooh. But she does bring in a little bit of logic here where they have the scene where they go into these these um these these net forums and they talk about, oh well, we can't really kill this guy because you don't really know if he killed this thing, if he if he really did this crime or whatever like that. Okay, you haven't seen this guy's face. You don't know. You can't you can't really validate, you know, fully if he did the crime or not, or whatever like that. That was cool. But still her being in this film was just a waste well, waste to me. Their relationship was so forced. Like this scene yeah, no, where, where they went inside uh, you rushed uh, as well yeah. too. Where it's either in Light's house or Mia's house. I don't know, I can't remember. Where yeah. and it's all dark and stuff is like, Are you gonna kiss me? And like they hesitate a little bit and then they finally do it as soon as the music pops up. I'll talk about right. music as well. And then we get to this whole montage thing where it's like Bonnie and Clyde basically. Right. Oh, well, now we are this group called, well, technically, Light is Kira, right? I like the fact right. that uh, they explain, the explain. Here's the thing, eh? kind of they surprisingly nice. explain, they surprisingly explain the things that I noticed in the trailer. I was like, oh, this doesn't make any sense or that didn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, they explain a lot of that. Like, they explain L in this kind of, but again, rush job, so it, yeah, it didn't I'll, matter. I'll talk about L. I'll talk about L too. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right. So, so I guess getting back to those two, right? And then you have this montage, right, where, oh, now we are seeing Kira's influence over the world and people dying and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a bunch of, like, generic Hollywood-looking Final Destination-esque kind of deaths. And it's, like, all these different people, some Spanish dictator, some guy here, some guy over there, and you... And, like to the untrained eye, like if you knew nothing about the anime or or or, 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 or the manga, right? You're watching this thing. You gotta ask yourself, okay. So suddenly you just wake up in the morning and you just realize, you know what? We should just kinda wipe out each and every bad guy that on the news read because right. we have this power. Well again, sound again, smart, right? Sound smart yeah. on paper, but because they don't really develop this, they don't develop right. the motivations as to why they would do what they do. You give yeah. us this this rush montage, we're supposed to be like Wow! Yeah, yes, because they just in, no. in, in what in, it was in, in in like what a minute of dialogue they set up the whole the father couldn't do anything about the mobster because he get away from killing the mother. Yeah, yeah. This thing with with his dad who's played by Shea Wingham um, last right. episode was in um uh what was the show um Agent Carter he was in it. Right. No, yeah. but what I'm trying to say is that they they set up why like they didn't set up enough or establish light of why uh, light will be angry exactly, at the world. Exactly. Yeah. So we and just again, came off like this real emo kid who just exactly because we know we know so why we, go. we know why and they put it in again in like less than a minute of dialogue they arguing over dinner, yeah right you did because the father your father didn't do anything you didn't do anything to save uh, or at least avenge your mother and this guy got away yeah right and he gave extra to him and the father was like well I'm gonna pretend you didn't say this because you see a friend dead in school right right and I I was like okay you have stuff there you know but again. All you could have do with that is like you could have a op- again the opening shot to this should have been the guy getting away on the trial. 
I agree. Establish like motivation. character. No Early on. No just hint it yeah. up. Oh, in this conversation scene at dinner. Oh, oh yeah, by the way, we never yeah. caught that guy who killed mom, did you? Right, he didn't right. do anything. Oh, and by the way, I hated the interactions between Light and his dad. I hated yeah, that shit. Yeah, that was dumb just came off whiny. He just came off like, well, I just talk it to you because, you know, this real edgelord kind of vibe. Like, I just talk yeah. it to you because you don't see me on a daily because I'd be in school. So, I, but I don't really need to talk to you. you know, I could just leave this dinner table and, and go up to my room, you know, screw you ever. I just hated those moments. And it's a shame because she is a great actor. But you give him, you, you, you let him be all like, you know, trying to interact with this douchebag, trying to do work. This one yeah. scene, Dredd, where... Um, is right wrong with the whole investigation thing really starts off and um, this is right after L who is played by Lakeith um, Stanfield as you said goes up and um, well has his press conference out of the blue revealing himself physically not so much his face and telling them well I know who you are L, um, I know who you are um, Kira blah 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 which by the way is not how the L in the anime would do things but I'll talk about right. that later on and then like Everybody fearing that the father could be in danger. So by the time the father comes home, I just see him light stand up there and then suddenly he just come and hug the man. Just so. Right. Nothing earned about it. It just happens. Like, oh, okay, the director tell me to hug him. Okay, I'm going to hug him. I'm going to try to look sad and I'm trying to look like I care about him. But then later on, Mia trying to kill him. And I'll, I wouldn't spoil anything beyond that point. But yeah. Um, but yeah, you have this unlikable character, this mean character here. And you know, you could have done something like, say, Walter White in Breaking Bad here, where you have this character that you, you, you kind of sympathize with because everybody mistreats him, but then you see his motivation, and then he becomes yeah, exactly. this, this villainous character that yeah, you become not, just, not so much loaded, you know, you fear this guy, you know, yeah. and that's what they could have done here. But yeah. you're right, though, because of the limited time that they had, yeah, they no way could really have done much. Story. But, but. Simple storytelling. They could have yeah. still tried, though. But yeah. it, but I think like I, I don't put did. this. But I, 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 as I say, I, I think all of these like live action movies. One of the big problems with why they fail is because of the time, right? Yeah. And the same thing with to be. I find I always hated the, the live action Death Note movies anyway in Japan. Those suck too. Yeah, I right? just find it just ran. It was just so slow and sluggish. Yeah. And boring, those suck know? too, and they don't they don't work either. So that's why I not really like. Um, you know, defending like I'm not knocking this any more than those. Right, uh, right? I understand. They know they're not they're not particularly worse just because they quote unquote American or any of that bullshit. And the white whitewashing argument is a non-argument in my opinion, so I don't really care about that either. Um, it's like is it just the story happening in a different space? Is a different is an alt reality that note tr- yeah. treated like that? Is, right. That's what it is. Um, um, there's, there's, there's a few more things I want to mention before I I jump into my, um to my rating, right? Another yeah. thing that 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 really turned more off, that really pissed more off, actually, were the death scenes. Like, right. the the first tr- couple of them were like these like final destination moments, you know, you know what yeah. I mean? Where the the whole gimmick is so at the very end is supposed to be bloody and gory, and the audience is supposed to be like, <gasps> like that. But I just watched it like, wait, really? Yeah. There's one scene, one death scene that had potential, that, that was setting up potential, and it just fall flat because of the same thing I just mentioned here. It's where these undercover cops, after, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. um, L, L, L contacts them and tell them, okay, get to the nearest hospital, um, like knows who you are, get to the hospital now. Yeah, and it and does, they have this nice right. scene, it starts off really nice, right? Where all these cops going 
on uh, going up these these steps um these steps sorry onto the top of a building. Right. All of them stand up on the ledge on the on the ledge well on the edge of the yeah. of the um of the of the roof. Yeah, yeah. And drop down. Now you could have had a great and they had this nice little slow mo thing that they was doing here. They could have had this great moment, right? Really right. subversive, really dark, really twisted, where it's just these guys just falling in slow motion from this right. building. As soon as the first guy hit the ground and splat, it just cuts to black. Yeah, dumb. And that's the next thing. That's that's one thing that really another problem. Well, another but big th- th- another th- th- issue. Just, just, just to finish, I'm sorry. Is that as much as you want to to be all dark and R-rated and edgy and so graphic, it never goes beyond a certain limit. Like here, you have this thing about this guy who could pretty much kill you in the most violent way imaginable, and yet we'll just give you a little glimpse. Mm, here's a little blood splatter. And yeah. But not too much though, because it's Netflix, and we don't want to be accused of being controversial. I mean, whitewashing aside, we don't want to be all controversial, man. But let me just oh. let me just try to be. Let me just let me just hint at it a little bit, you know. But we never go too far. Why? I don't know. But even yeah. like the death scenes in in the in the anime were much smarter than that. Jay. They didn't rely yeah. on blood. It was just like, oh, this could ha- actually happen at a moment's notice, like the the heart attack or this or that, you know. They were more clever. There's something like right, but somebody that, like, again, like 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 the Yagami would be smart enough to say, "Oh, you think you think you have the upper hand? Boom! No, that's it. I can just kill you like that. Snap! Right? Not and I would, that's splatter. the thing to again again more timing with a, with a help with that because one of the big problems I had with it as well is that the the, the rules of the Death Note was largely inconsistent. Um, yeah, you just can show one or two, three, and then it's like, oh, well, Rule 64 says you could do yeah, that. Yeah, and you could um, do this and do that. And then what about, what like, about, other, what about other people writing in it? I don't know. The girl could write in it, and it's like, wait, she don't own it. And it's like, wait, what? They didn't establish this earlier. Yeah, this and, you, well, one thing that kind of threw me off where a page of it was, was ripped off now. Right. And one character has the option to write in it, but you don't know if that, that is. Yeah, but that's the problem. You see, again. You now in in the anime, you know, they had they had they had a lot of loopholes to the rules, but they explained that, exactly. right? Because they had time to explain. But in this is like, oh well, all of a sudden I could do this, that, or the other, and it's this big convoluted plan, all of a sudden being set up for the last what 15 minutes or so, involving both Light and her, as this trying to outsmart each other apparently, because oh, she's kind of bad but not really, and she still love her. And again, inconsistent characterization, yeah. so it didn't work. Um, yeah. Now, I, now, now, that whole sequence, by the way, I just have a few more things about it. That whole sequence here. I had to rewatch that 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 yeah, whole last fifteen minutes a few times, huh? Because now not only was I falling asleep, because yeah, this shit was boring, but um, there were a few more. Like, there was so much inconsistency here. I was trying to figure out, okay, it's trying to be yeah. smart here, but let me see if I could pick up on what's going on. And yeah, then when it sense. ends, though, when it ends, it's probably one of the most facepalm woody endings I've seen to anything this year, where. You're trying to be so smart. It's like, oh, yes, guys, this is the big twist. Here yeah. you go. And it's like, wait. But somebody like you, because you didn't set up your character properly. Yeah, we don't know. I cannot buy into the fact that a guy like Light that could, could be that smart to figure it out. Well, like that, Yagami, well, on the other hand, you see how the smart problem this is guy that, is. Here's the problem is that he, he all of a sudden, there's a big character motivation. So he now have this wherewithal. To do this thing with yeah, her. all of a sudden you you thinking ten steps ahead of everybody. Yeah, went, exactly. Oh. And 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 it's like, wait, what? Guys, why would you do that thing? And then on top of that, he was regretting it at the end. Yeah. But you're still thinking to have her do this thing anyways. Like, wait, what? Because she she had to fall and she's gonna fall and rip the page out to save right. his so, life. So if so if right so this and like, wait, wait. both characters fall right. 
Right. So if they fell someplace else instead of no, well, that's that's the whole point. Is that the death note supposed to control um. that? Nice. He put that into it. I get, I get that part. But the problem is that. But the possibility of it, dude. This, this. No, but that's the whole point. Is the death note. Death the death note, note has that power. Sooner. I accept that. Okay. So okay. The, death, the death note has that power. I accept that. All right. But okay. Okay. That is now I'm saying. The right. problem is that, uh, is that him as a person now again because he is this. He liked this girl and he apparently loved the girl. So he will have the wherewithal to have it play out where she will die, and and instead of having him, him survive alone is like wait what? That so he's he didn't trust her enough, but he, I, I thought he loved her from before. Yeah, so this big just, character just switch again. That. And then once again, again because because the the relationship yeah. was so forced, you just right, exactly. don't buy into it. Yeah, so it it just didn't work anyway. Give me a rating, and then yeah. let me give me a rating. Right. Just, just, a, just, just a few more things. I'm gonna round things up. Dory, right? Um, the character of L, I mean, yes, Lakeith Stanfield slowly becoming one of my favorite um African American actors. Uh, like you know, and when he's introduced into the to the film, I thought it was pretty cool. But then there's moments where this guy just like loses his shit, and you're wondering. But no, this is not. This is just me comparing it to the anime. No, this is not how L the character would be. Yeah, there's just some just things that the character of L does here in this movie that just makes no sense. Like, even if you, you you know nothing about the original L from the anime, this man is like one of the, the probably the greatest detective the world has ever known thus far, and yet somehow magically he knows that that light is in Seattle. No, I it just happens I, again, like snap. Did like movie? That. No, the ex, did the movie explain that? You know. No, it, it, yeah, I, I get the explanation. The movie explained that. I don't have a problem with that. How, how, how fast it took for him to, 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 Bad to sort that out. Again. Right, no, that, yeah, because I don't, I don't really have a problem with all of that. They explain all of that shit, you know, like him working out that is his son and he, because he was, he's pieced together. They explain all of that shit, you know, they explain it. Yeah. It's just bad pacing. You didn't, you didn't from, a, from a thematic standpoint, it wasn't earned. So yeah, you, totally him, agree. And then him, him, figure, him figuring that out was was like it, again logically it made some sense but it, like you don't care like okay you figure out l is um sorry light uh, kira is light all right cool moving yeah. on next um and then and then his relationship with watari right his um his father yeah, again they didn't do anything with that i didn't get didn't do anything with that, yeah. this guy being his father figure so when right. something bad happens to to him it's like and then and then l just spazzes out now it's like right well, that was dumb yeah that was dumb right that was dumb. um what else? Just because be- because I didn't mind. I didn't mind. Okay, so what they could have done with it is that they could have made. Okay, so you're doing the ground thing. Like in the anime, the original L was a kind of weird off the cuff dude. Yeah, he was an introvert, introvert right. character. In I, this, I actually love that in character. This, what they could have done is have L be Asperger's. Like have it explicitly be that he's Asperger's. So him, he can't handle life without Rotary now. Rotary had to keep t- cater to him better now. And yeah. it's kind of setting that up. So they and keep, the they whole keep thing, it. sorry, the whole thing with Tari singing that song and telling them about right, all that I liked. I, all that I, I, I didn't understand it, but that's just no, like that's the problem. They didn't set that up at all because it's like, wait, why you didn't get like you you could have inferred their relationship that look, he had to take care of L because L is a genius and solve crimes, yeah. but L is a spaz at the same time as Pergas, and if things go wrong in her life, things will break apart for him. But right, he's a genius, right. eh? He's yeah. a he's a he's a savant, right? That's yeah. what he is, and. They could have done it, and they keep mentioning the hotels something with sleep. I forget the line, but they keep saying sleep is. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Sleep is important to the mind, or something like that. Something like and that. Yeah, for, for the mind to function, or like something like that. Again, 
this should have been six hours to explain that shit. You can have a whole episode showing L origin story and you do a yes, different origin. Yes, yes. And they have the, the, the right platform, as you say. So, right. So, there's yeah. a couple of things before before I, I, I wind on, right? Um, yeah. Willem Dafoe. Right. Great voice actor. Great. Yeah. You, you, could, you could see his face and his, 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 his facial presence um, even as, as real. But I was, yeah. I was let down, man, because for one thing, you don't see enough of him. Right. Let, let me admit that. Um, secondly, there's more to him than just, oh, well, I'm just going to tell you the rules. I'm just going to sit here well, and watch you right. figure it out and go, hee hee. No, um, like, like in, the, in the original anime, for example, right. you saw the dimension where he was from and why, you know, right. the no, other gods eh? I was asking, that, well, why are you doing this stuff now? I, yeah. I wish I could have seen some more of that. that like, no, a but reason okay, for him so to that, be in this film. Not just that, I didn't have a, that I didn't have a big issue with because... In the original anime, I always hated Ryuk's motivations. It was I, I hated those motivations. He was basically just doing it for the lulls. That's it. Yeah, he, he was he was you, bored. That was the thing. He was yeah, bored. He was bored. He I, like I looking at few words. I was like, all right, that. Well, yeah, let's see what I, happens. I hated that as a, as a motivation for a character. I thought they, would, they should have gotten they should have done something more clever with it, like him using the, having a human using that note to fuck around with things. Would I like give him more power, or mess up, mess around with the system to? gain some advantage in some way, you know? yeah. Like, they could have done something like that. I would have preferred that. Like, giving Ryuk more than just, well, I'm bored and I'm doing it for the lulls. I hated that. Right, um, right, right. Original anime. And they did, they kind of roughly did the same thing in this. He just show up, I, you want to cause chaos, you humans are interested, and then they move on. Yeah. So you kind of have to imply, or he just kind of, they just kind of assume that the fans know what Ryuk are about anyway, moving on. But, if, but. They never explain, but, they never explain who write in the book to not trust Ryuk. Right. Never explain Never that. Never explain that. That, that, that. That's true. That's true. So that, that could have be a whole plot. plot. You see why it's like, oh shit, the original owner, uh, earlier owner, the Death Note come to help out Light against Ryuka. And they could have do, make it more clever and have Ryuka and Light versus each other in a smarter way. Nope. Yeah. But, no. but, here's my issue with him though, is that if you, if you, if you are not a fan of Death Note, if it's the first time you see Death Note, right? Yeah. You see this God and this, this Death God and this book and all that kind of stuff. But, you barely see me in the film, but you know, you, 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 at the back of your mind, you want to know, well, um, what going on with him? What going on with him, though? Like, yeah, you, how do you exist? That, that, that's the question yeah. I should ask. That's how do you exist? Why do yeah. you exist? Why are you doing what you are doing? I don't know. Yeah, they're not because, because I know but I have he, knowledge of the character from the anime, I could say, okay, I understand why he's doing what he's doing, but to but the, the thing, I people hate it. who are fans of the film, they will just be like, yeah. oh, well, he just this, this. This um, demonic Monster. force that's just there to, well, to persuade Light to do the bad things that he's doing. The end. Yeah, it was a mess. Yeah. And finally, well, last but not least, um, the music boy, the music choices in this. Right. I didn't Spotty, care. awkward, well, weird. They set up this whole romantic vibe, which is totally against what the anime was in begin uh, to begin with. Now, okay, yes, I, I see you want to be all Americanized, they could argue and go in depth and say, well, it's a Bonnie and Clyde for this generation here, whatever it is. But still, right. when you have your big reveal at the very end of the film and you have air supplies, the power of love playing in the background, right. why? I was, I was, I was watching what was going on, trying to keep my eyes open because I was bored. <laughs> and I was hearing the song in the background. I was asking myself, but this don't work. Tonally, those these two things don't mesh at all. You're setting up this thing like, oh well, it's about the the 
the um the couple getting away at the end you know fleeing the law and all that kind of stuff that's not what that note is about that's not what that whole sequence was about so why is the song there what to right. give some kind of eighties aesthetic because it's about um you know uh, it's about teen angst and things so because yeah. it's an American show about teen angst you must have eighties love ballads so why that particular one I don't know it just didn't work for me but yeah, yeah I, um, I didn't I didn't pay attention to that yeah but yeah but I, I couldn't help but take note of the music though because it just stood out it just stuck um stuck out like a sore thumb to me but um if I could just give like one or couple posters it would be William Dafoe who I thought was great just just the thought of him being Ryuk is just excellent on paper um and the direction I thought the direction was great the the way how it shot um it's directed by Adam Wingard I haven't seen his other stuff like VHS uh, shit. or what did he Your do Next before? and those kind of things what did you do before uh, he did a movie called You Are Next. He did Blair Witch, which I haven't seen. Right, oh, Blair, no, Blair Witch. Blair Witch, I hate it. Did you want it? Right? Yeah. Oh wait, I yeah. did see the guest. I saw the guest. The guest was okay. The guest was okay. The guest was okay. Same kind of eighties aesthetic. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Um, the cinematography was 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 great as well. It, this is a well made. This is a really gorgeous. I don't want to say gorgeous, but this movie looks really really good. Yeah. But still, boy, that story and the characters and the lack of motivation. And how could I forget the pacing? Yes, you are right. The pacing is just so fast. Like, yeah. Like, just jump, 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 jump. There's so much yeah. you could tell here. Yeah. And, you know, this whole 95 or 100 minute runtime is just doesn't do any, doesn't do it any justice. It needs to be longer than this. Why is it so short? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, um, as much as I would love to defend this show because it's an attempt at, you know, American or, or telling the story through American eyes. Yeah, I, I cannot defend this film at all for I kinda forgive it, sorry, for the the flaws in terms of just the characters and the motivations and on just the storytelling elements of it and just I can't forgive that. I just really can't. Yeah, it's a mess. It doesn't doesn't work at all. Uh well give it a rating quickly. I will give this a light two out of five. I want my money back. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know um, I didn't spend any money in it, but I still want my money back. Yeah, I as, I say, as, I say, as, as I say, 10 pounds are shit in a five pound bag. Um, yeah. This could they, have been they really should so have, they should, much they should have really attempt. They should have really, again, I know Captain Hindsight stuff, but they should have really attempt to do this in, in six episodes or so. Six hour long episodes would have make this work and you had to flesh it out a little better, tell backstories, have characters work and do all of that instead of just, you know, stuffing anything into this tiny sardine can. Um, yeah, I can give it roughly the same score, so it's like a 3 out of 10 for me. Um, it just didn't work. Uh, sadly, it is something that had potential and it utterly squandered. So, moving on. Yeah. Next. I, here's the thing, huh? I really, really... I went in this thing with real low expectations. Like, I know right. when it comes to anime to live-action adaptations, people... You know, so yeah, they, they so usually furious about it, especially like like um, quite recently with um, with Ghost in Shell, which I actually liked. You know, it's just that okay. it came out a little too late. Should have came out like years ago instead of trying to work this whole '90s sci-fi pre-Matrix aesthetic into 2017 and then dumbing things down so you get PG-13 rating, more people yeah. check it out and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I know people hate on it and stuff. And I mean, that's that's your opinion. But here with with that note, because of how I don't want to say contemporary. Well, I, I guess contemporary is one. Um, it's a term I, I should be using here. Just how contemporary the story here. This is something that, you know, 
I wouldn't say that they should have made this thing years ago. This this was actually the the right time or one of the right times they they, uh, they actually had to make this thing work. Yeah. And they just squandered it. And just right down to simple storytelling, to casting, just nearly everything right. behind the scenes apart from the source material. Because the source uh, source material is still great, but yeah. God, but they could have done so much with this way. Yeah. So. <laughs> Y'all can hate on Danny Rand as much as all they want to, but I will I will hate on, on Light to Dread. Yeah. One of the worst characters to come out of Netflix by and yeah. yeah, Death Note, one of the worst movies of this year. This yeah, kind of it's so this, much this better. I've got I think this and, and Batman gonna make a Batman and Harley Quinn gonna make a worse of the year. <sighs> more than likely. Ba- Batman and Harley Quinn Batman and Harley Quinn may be like a like a um like a um a, a dishonorable mention or some sort because I mean yes I didn't enjoy it but it didn't like make me rip the make me want to rip my hair off that kind of thing no, but yeah, okay. that note did definitely did see okay. yeah see oh boy anyway <laughs> Ricardo where can we find you online man uh, Passat you can find me at rmedi on twitter that is Passat r-m-e-d-d-y at r-m-e-d-d-y on twitter and then type in my name on facebook Ricardo Medina you can find me there all right you can also find me on twitter as well just look for legally black mgb MGB and capital letters. You can also find me on Facebook. Just look for my name, Machi Billy, along with Illegally Black Blog official fan base, where you find the link to this podcast here, as well as the others that we've done before, and of course my written reviews. And the subject of that, you know, feel free to like and share this um this podcast that you listen to, and share your thoughts on it, man. Let me know what you thought about um Batman and Harley Quinn and Atomic Blonde and Hitman's Bodyguard and yeah, Death Note. Did you like Death Note? at all <laughs> and why do you <laughs> you know yeah. and, and if you don't like it why you know although the the reasons are very much um, clear and obvious but you know comment below and let me know yeah alright uh, stuff to look forward to um, for one thing it, I know VME is tonight apparently yeah but who cares <laughs> yeah I don't care yeah no, I, I know I know Kendrick Lamar nominated for stuff but I don't know I just have other things in mind right now so yeah. I don't know maybe I might give it a look right uh, movies I ain't really sure what movies coming out this year yeah well um, I know in terms of IMAX we're supposed to get the um, first episode of Inhumans very soon Inhumans right I, which I'm not excited for because that looking terrible frankly yeah I don't know maybe if I get a chance to see it um, IMAX I'll, I'll give it a look yeah maybe if I, get I might, might I might see something but I know I, I, I'm not hyped for that at all yeah, um, what else? There's um, Kidnap, which every time I see that trailer, I just be like, yeah, yeah, looking, why this movie didn't come out in the 90s? Okay, this whole 90s terrible. look to though, just everything yeah, about it. Yeah, it's a mess. Like, why are yeah. watching so? Um, but really, though, mm-hmm. nothing else, though. Well, not, nothing else until, well, there's an Inconvenient sequel, which is next month. Right. And there's It, which is coming out um, a week afterwards. But other than that, right, yeah. yeah. It is, it, uh, I ain't good things about it. Yeah, um, yeah, I heard that early reviews were, were very, very positive, yeah. Yeah. So people um, actually seen as the best one, well, the best um, Stephen King movie adaptation you know, ever made. You see what they could do with it. Yeah. Um, but just one thing, in, oh, yes, um, before I forget, just one quick thing, just a little um, heads up. This is a little event that's going to happen. So um, in the next week or so, I will be um, celebrating the sixth anniversary of Illegally Black Blog. But um, right, right. I'm going to actually celebrate things a little bit earlier reason being is because my birthday is going to be up in the next couple of weeks and I just want right, that right, whole right. weekend to enjoy. So, um, there's this one particular show that 
has been getting a lot of great um, buzz and stuff like that. But I think it just got um, kind of overshadowed by HBO and Game of Thrones. And that would be Twin Peaks. Yes. Yes, Twin Peaks is actually going to come to an end um, next Sunday, which will be the 3rd of, um, of, of September. So I actually intend on watching that entire season out. Yeah. I really, really, really am excited to see what David Lynch d- um, did with the series here, which he pretty much put on the shelf for like 25 years. Um, yeah. There's also a documentary um, on, well, basically on David Lynch. It's called David Lynch, The Art Life, which is not so much about his movies and his life in film, but also the fact that he's an artist as well too. He does paintings yeah. and stuff like that. Um it's getting a home media release through the Criterion Collection. Um, I believe, if not September, I believe it's in October. So I'll be um, I'll be doing a review of that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to re- review this film here too, but I'm going to make sure to check it out in preparation for Twin Peaks. Um, that movie, boy, Fire Walk With Me. Which was right, that one movie yeah. which made me kind of retroactively hate the first two seasons of Twin Peaks because it didn't give me any satisfying conclusion yeah, or explanation of anything, you know. But shockingly enough, this movie is getting a, a, a whole media release through the Criterion Collection as well, too. I'm yeah. like, what? Cool. This crap? Really? Okay. Yeah. So, but I, I know the, I know, you know, when it came out, real people hated on that show, even right on the Quentin Tarantino <laughs> had, had expressed his distaste for it. But over the years, people kind of, you know, with, with, with the majority of his films, um, with, uh, a majority of the religious films, sorry, look back at it and say, yeah, this is like probably one of his um, most underrated masterpieces. I hated it the first time I saw it, but I'm actually going to watch it again with um, this special little thing called the missing pieces, which is like all the deleted scenes here. So maybe they might okay. add some deeper meaning to you know okay. what I saw before, but really right. it's just for me to prepare for um for season three of Twin Peaks. So um you can look right. out for that. So yeah, that's pretty much about it, guys. So once again, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This was Machi Billy and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off from another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. So until the next one, take care. Peace. Peace.